and we're live. Park, you've cold feet. I do, Dave Frado. More, more ways than one. How do you mean in more ways than one? You, most people would take having cold feet to be nervous, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I suppose a little nervous doing the podcast. It's all brand new for me, but um, we were out in La Cruz to this morning um, we decided to march around in our bare feet yeah we've been doing a good bit of that of late the two of us whatever seems to have to some sort of synchronicity there that the two of us started doing it at the same time but can you tell people what going around your bare feet means to you say or why you've started doing it or when you do it or how you do it or why you do it um, that's fucking it's great crack mostly but um, it, I really enjoy it yeah it's um it's just it's great all around. Really, just get you out yourself. You kind of get connected to nature, and you feel that tactile sensations under your feet, and it's that's great. It's just it's really fantastic. I'd be feeling maybe a bit shit in the mornings or whatever, and you're kind of comfortable in your bed, and it's great to just pull yourself out of it, go for a run, get your shoes off, and just yeah, let loose, feel a bit free and wild yeah, I feel a bit alive basically big time yeah it's funny because we were walking around La Cruz this morning for a couple of hours uh, it's mushroom picking season for anybody who's that way inclined and one thing that I we were actually chatting away about different weather patterns that might bring on the, the biggest flush because there's a there's a season what would you say the season is September through to October yeah there there about but it, it kind of it, it starts off a few here and there and it kind of builds and builds and builds and peaks and then kind of tapers off. Yes. And one thing I've often heard of is it tends to peak after a cold snap. Mm. And an interesting thing about us walking barefoot around La Cruz this morning was you really get a feel for the temperature of the ground because oh, for sure, it was right. a lot colder this morning than it was the last time we did it, which was only a fortnight ago. Yes, yes. Warm the last day, really. It's yeah. Like and summer's day. I wonder, is there is there something to that? Like the, the tactile feedback that you get through your, your bare feet as opposed to through shoes or runners it's it facilitates a certain part of your brain i wonder how much of your brain atrophies by not having your feet on the ground it's the same as wearing if you wore thick gloves everywhere yeah yeah and even gloves you've got individual finger movement to be like putting lumps of rubber around your hands with no individual finger movement like it's it's funny yeah, it'd be more like of... wearing mitts would be a better analogy yes wouldn't yes it, like? yes mitts with two inches of rubber on the bottom <laughs> Yeah. Have you gone into, have I looked into minimalist shoes or that? Yeah, yeah, I've been actually wearing uh, minimalist shoes for maybe about four years or so now. Okay, um, I didn't realise that actually. Yeah, yeah, Vivo Barefoot is the name of the crowd. There's loads of different companies doing them, but uh, yeah, I, I love them. Now, look at everyone has their own kind of ideas about what's good footwear, but for me, minimalist is the way forward for sure. You, it's kind of, it's a nice halfway point between bare feet and actual footwear I mean like you don't really want to be walking into your local shop and bare feet like you really uh, don't do yeah, you yeah yeah as much as you like to think like fuck it it'd be grand but yeah, just yeah you don't want to be that person I suppose it's funny because I'd be working down here in me bare feet or socks say for the whole day I drive down in me socks I drive home in me socks I might go to the shop at lunchtime I'm putting my fucking shoes on when I go to the shop. <laughs> and it's funny because there's there's two sides to that. On on one side one side of me says, I don't give a fuck what people think. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it for my reasons and I don't care what anyone else thinks. They can think what they like. 
but I put my fucking shoes on before going to the shop. It's gas. I'm doing the same. I'd go for a run um, in the morning times mostly, but I'd be heading down to the local park. It's a stone's throw from my house in Lavin. I'm in Silver Lawns there. I'd go for a run around Blackwater Park and I'd be put my shoes on first thing in the morning shoes on go for a run get to the field take my shoes off run around the field put my shoes back on and then jog home the rest of the way and then getting in the shower or whatever else so it's like, this is a lot of mess and like just run from your house without shoes on and um yeah look at you get some funny looks from your neighbors but once you you know you get talking to them for a second or two and you know you're probably encouraging them to do it then once they're seeing you doing it so it's yeah i think it's it's good it's it's a balance there though do you know what i mean you don't want to i run for my stay but i don't think i'll go into the shop anytime soon (laughs) who knows yeah maybe maybe you'd be that guy yeah face mask and no shoes (laughs) (laughs) it's it's funny though isn't it though because like when you originally started running on your bare feet, as you were saying, you'd wear the shoes out of the house. You get to your you know running location, you run around your bare feet, and then put the shoes on and come home. Mm. Did you think to yourself before you left the house you were going running on your bare feet, but you're not going to be seen running on your bare feet, or did you do you know that kind of way, or did you decide that you were going to go to this place and run around in your bare feet? Yeah, I think probably some amount of it's unconscious, but there's definitely that element there that uh, you can't be seen running around in your bare feet. Like people will be looking at you. Can you not afford shoes? Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Where's this lad going? But um, the funny story actually, it was I changed my route up one of the days. I'd normally go into the park, but um, on whatever particular day, so I'd go around the block instead and I'm coming, the block being just around Tara Core, Tara Glen, and then up down, pass around old, loop back home. Footpaths all the way around. It, exactly, yeah. There's a bit of a field there as well. Um, what's it, up beside Simonstown, so go in there and do a few loops around that too. Bring the dog, she loves around there. There's a load of rabbits, chase them and have a load of crack. But um, yeah, well, dr- running up the towards Tara Glen, the guards drive past me in the car. I was there thinking to myself, it'd be funny now if they turn around and say something. And lo and behold, I drive down, maybe 100 metres down the road, do a Yui, come back up, pull in, stop me mid-run. Uh, what are you doing? Who are you? Where are you going? Where are you coming from? I'm just like going, I'm Pork, who are you? <laughs> nice to meet you. But uh, yeah, I think he just thought I was fucking off me head and drugs or something. <laughs> you couldn't blame him now, to be fair. Because it's funny that because as, as natural a thing as running on your bare feet is, these days it's not. Uh, it's not the norm, for by sure, any stretch. For sure, for sure. Yeah, look, and I could see it from his point of view. It's funny though, because the day before, I had a big mop of hair and a beard down to me fucking tits. Fucking, <laughs> I'd say if I was looking like that running around my bare feet, you just want him past the second time thinking that's oh, some hippie running down the road in their bare feet nothing to see there but I don't know the shaved head and looking a bit younger and fresher it's kind of is this lad going with no shoes I'm fucking selling them for fucking drugs or something <laughs> yeah, yeah I, he even said he goes something in your bag there that you shouldn't have you did not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had the backpack with me just a bottle of water and actually had my shoes in the bag um 
But yeah, yeah, it was just so funny. It's like, oh, nothing in the bag, Gary. You can have a look if you like. No, 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 you're grand, you're grand. But uh, very funny, very funny. But I suppose if you look at it, if you're kind of positive towards people, be it guards or whoever, neighbours, um, you know, you're not going to encourage them to do it if you're kind of standoffish about it, do you know what I mean? Just, I suppose, have a bit of levity about yourself. You are kind of the odd one out running around with no shoes on, so... Yeah, um, look, just not take yourself too seriously exactly, either. And exactly. I think you were saying to me a big part of getting out of your house in your bare feet from the get-go is just getting out of your own way. Oh, big time, big time. You wake up feeling like... It's another thing I've been doing recently is kind of having what's my reason what's getting me out of bed like is it the fucking coffee or the, the cigarette or the fucking what is it? what's motivating me to get out of bed so kind of paying more attention to that and the jog the jog in the morning's great especially in the bare feet it's a different thing in the bare feet it's really for me it's a fucking you'd be feeling a bit down or depressed you'd get out there and you'd start running on the ground you'd just something about that little bit of physical pain that just put you in the moment like all that shit you were thinking in the morning or all that kind of negative fucking voices that be going off in the background just that all disappears like you're just you're in the moment and you're kind of it's good it's good i find there's freedom and a bit of asceticism like it's 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 the more sometimes the more you limit yourself or the more disciplined you are with yourself the more just the freedom in that like it seems counterintuitive but I'd, I'd be a big believer in it the more the more disciplined you get the more freedom there is for you there yeah it's it's funny you reminded me of a guy uh, Jocko Willink are you familiar with him oh yes 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 kind of Navy be, SEAL yes. kind of guy, Navy SEAL commander but his uh, his whole shtick is discipline discipline equals freedom yeah yeah that's his yeah, catchphrase basically yeah, like. yeah, yeah a lot to it yeah big time big time it's, um, it's powerful stuff, really. Sometimes it's the simplest stuff. It can, it can be the hardest stuff, really, but it's, sometimes it's just it's solutions are there to be found if you look for them. And sometimes it's just doing something kind of wacky, running on your bare feet and see how you feel. Like. But it, to, to me, it, does, it adds an experiential element to your run. Like it's, it's mm. not, it's not just you're not just going out and running to be fit or running to do anything I, I don't know there's something it just makes you more aware literally more aware of each step Big time. because when you're in your shoes your boots or runners or whatever it is you tend to just kind of bounce from one foot to the other mm. and your 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 mind is let wander which can be a good way in a sense you're not kind of way you can kind of forget about the train under your feet but i think being in your bare feet or even being in minimalist shoes where you need to watch where you're putting your foot i don't know it just kind of brings you into the moment a little bit more and makes mm. you that bit more mindful like when you're running on either on a footpath or through a field or through a forest or whatever it is it's very unlikely that you're worrying about a bill or something you said to herself or something she said to you or or whatever For it is sure. you know, like kind of way you're you're very much more in in the moment you have to be like yeah yeah big time big time that is something great and it's it, just brings you back to being a child as well you're splashing in puddles and you're not thinking oh my good nike runners that i paid 100 euro for this or that you just you're you're there you're connected to the earth like directly feet in the puddle splash around and you just that just clears the bullshit out of your head big time no 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 absolutely there's something to that as well like the the minimalist shoes and the barefoot running it's 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 back to basics it's 
and we, we spoke about it briefly before when I was telling you about my diet over the last couple of weeks, like since the start of August, in a big way, I've, I've sorted out my diet, I've, I've stopped eating, and that even even in explaining it, it's good, I've stopped eating all the kind of processed stuff, all the heavily laden with sugar stuff, and what I was doing at the start, what I was cutting out all these things, I stopped having sugar in my coffee, and I stopped stuffing biscuits mm. into my face in the evenings, and what I've kind of settled on is... The diet that I'm on now is that I only eat food. <laughs> that, it, uh... That's the attempt. Like it, it needs to be either raw or baked or boiled or grilled or prepared. But nothing that comes out of a wrapper is typically what you could consider food. Yeah, yeah. And, like there's a, there's a weird and again just it's it ties in with the the barefoot walking. You're kind of getting back to nature. You're not in the Nikes and you're not eating the Mars bars and something about doing things like that just i don't know it just makes me feel better about myself yeah big time big time i think food especially it's i think so often we're just eating but we're not feeding an actual physical hunger it can be an emotional hunger a lot of the time like when you've wolfed down your third chocolate bar like that's that's not that's not hunger like maybe it's a different uh, psychological hunger spiritual hungers you're you're filling a hole, but it's 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 not not a, not really hunger per se. Not not a physical. You're not you're definitely not starving. Like you're nor near it. It's no. It's it's funny though. But it, you're feeding something. Oh, big but time. It's not it's not necessarily your physical need for nourishment. Oh, no, for sure, right? for sure. Definitely not when you've scoffed. <laughs> you know, three or four hundred grams of chocolate, and then you're moving on to the packet of crisps. Oh yeah, only to change it up so you can enjoy the chocolate yeah, when you finish yeah, the crisps. Yeah, like. yeah. We'll wash it down with a can of cokes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. You're a chef by trade, actually. Andy, yeah, yeah, and. Oh, dare I say it, an ex-vegan. Oh, fuck, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually just have... Don't, don't ex- tell anyone. No, no, like. this, this episode is definitely going to be a clickbait episode. It's like, <laughs> former vegan, poor Rick Riley. That'll just get the fucking clicks going, man. You've, re- you've reneged on your veganism, poor Rick. Yeah, no, sorry to all the vegans out there. Um... Yeah, yeah, look, I've been trying not to be too rigid about things anymore. I've found, um, look, different diets work for different people. Um, still a lot of the vegan principles I very much stand behind still. I think most people that are in any way clued in about food production would agree with like, just factory farming is inherently fucking wrong. Um, yeah, overly processed food just isn't really good for you. Fucking... Yeah, so there's still a lot, of, a lot of the vegan mentality it still kind of carry with me. But um, for me personally, it was just getting to all consuming. I started really considering it like a, a false god, for want of maybe a better description. Um, yeah, it just was becoming the defining feature of who I am. Do you know what I mean? And now, kind of what I eat, it just it's not the most important thing you could be thinking about or talking about. You know. Have you got enough to get by, you know, find the motivations for why you're eating a eating because it's one o'clock and that's when I always eat or is it because fucking I'm watching that TV program and I always have my can of Coke and my packet of crisps when I watch that. So it's it get, kind of paying attention to why I'm eating more so what I'm eating. Um, um, yeah, 
I don't know. I think people can thrive on all sorts of diets. Like you could be a super healthy vegan, or you could be shoving Oreos down your throat and calling yourself a vegan. You know, it's it's still vegan, but it's certainly not healthy. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Some people do really well on keto diets. Some people, you know, find it insufferable. Other people do really well on, you know, just purely vegetarian diets. Some people just eat nothing but meat and seem to help them out so i think try try new things and don't be too rigid about your your thinking um i think don't don't get too wrapped up in the identity of um you know define yourself by what you eat i think it is it's an important part of culture do you know what i mean the irish stew the, um you know irish dishes it's, it's food and identity are kind of they're, they're closely associated but um I think things are getting so multicultural as well. It's good to try new things and um, yeah, again, getting back to basics. You know what I mean? Just what to live to eat, not eating or eat to live, not living to eat. Like it's it's yeah, getting your motivation sorted out. I think or your your values around food. Um, I think yeah, it's it's good. It's it's good. It's good to try new things, new diets. No, no, absolutely. You. How long were you vegan? Or were you vegetarian before you were vegan? Or what way did that kind of... Because, sorry, just to, to backtrack a little, presumably at one stage, you were pretty much like everybody else. You yeah, ate the oh, Western st- diet, standard Irish veg, yeah, you know, exactly whatever else, breakfast at, in the morning, lunchtime, dinner, supper kind of stuff. Yeah, it was pig for breakfast, chicken for lunch, cow for dinner. That's it in a nutshell. R- repeat ad infinitum, yeah, big, big time. It was just, that was that was the routine. Sausages, rashers, that was breakfast chicken for the roll out of the deli that was lunch and you know some sort of steak or some form of cow for dinner and that's that's just how it went forever um and look there's a lot to be said for the irish diet meat and tree veg you won't go too far wrong with it like it's it's gonna it's sustained us for long enough um um but yeah yeah i'd, I'd rarely eat meat now I, I just don't consider myself a vegetarian or a vegan but I could go from one end of the year to the other without eating it, but you know, if um, sometimes you might just feel like you you need the iron or you need something in it that that you want, and I think your body kind of will tell you sometimes you you know you need to eat an animal, <laughs> God forbid. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's really good. Try, try, try on new outfits, new new diets, new new things, and. It's good. Open up new doors, close one door, other doors open. Before I went vegan, sorry, I didn't even answer the question. I was vegan for maybe about over four years. Um, it was quite a long time and kind of got militant in the kind of middle of it. Like, if, if you weren't vegan, you were the problem. Like, yeah. Um, what changed that? What made you go from, you know, full militant vegan to. You know, whatever you are now, or whatever you've you've become, um, just more life experience, I suppose. Without sounding like too much of a dickhead, um, it's funny that, though, isn't it? Like you, you say something like that, you know, like just life experience, but then which is a perfectly normal thing to, and you know, perfectly reasonable thing to say. But you kind of you jumped in, <laughs> and like, I don't want to sound like a dickhead. Like, isn't it weird, though? Isn't it? Like, I was all them vegans. I just need a bit more life experience, and, <laughs> and then they'll know. Then they'll have the wisdom that I have attained. Yes, yes. Um, I think funny. We're 
we're talking about mushrooms not so long ago, it was mushrooms that, uh, well, I can't say mushrooms per se, but it was during a session with mushrooms, I had a moment with my dog where, you know, we just connected at this deep level and I thought, Jesus, I can't eat animals ever again. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was the, it's like a switch just turned in my head. And that flipped. made you... Full, you were a vegetarian at that point the very next day I, I, no I wasn't veggie at all okay the, the very next day or that night just some the switch went off my head it's like i can't eat animals again it just felt way too too connected their little little beings going around the place um with their own lives and their own emotions and then you're kind of exposing yourself to certain documentaries and that meet your meat and these things where you're kind of seeing the nasty practices that go on in, in factory farming and just the, how it's the reality of it like big really, time big time when you say like you know the nasty practices you could be forgiven for hearing that and thinking that on certain farms on certain days certain nasty things happen but that's no, it's the norm that's not it's the absolute norm like, yeah yeah you know walk in one side and out in you know, frozen boxes on the other side yeah, and yeah. everything in between you don't really want to know about. Oh, we're coddled. It's a thing. Death is hidden from us in every shape and form, be it human death or an animal of any description. Death is just, it's kind of kept swept under the carpet. No one has to pay attention to it. You just, you buy your product in the shop that's all plastic wrapped and, you know, even something as simple as fruit. No, uh, nephews of mine I'm gonna hang him now uh <laughs> the mom would have apple trees growing out in the garden uh shout out to the old one um yeah the kids to be maybe a little hole or a bit of decay on the apple and to be turning their noses up and look at we were kind of they're born into it i don't know any better but um it's funny even something as simple as that an apple with a bit of decay and it's even that we're kind of brushed under the carpet it's like no every apple looks the exact same and if there's any imperfection jeez you couldn't be eating that um god forbid you a maggot like um yeah it's, it's funny i think it's so much of death where it's just it's it's swept under the carpet away from away from our kind of day-to-day thinking and it's, it's sad because it's inevitability death's coming for us all like, oh, what, absolutely. What and i think our own deaths, like human beings that ourselves that die and our friends and family or whatever else, we're very much separated from that whole process. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the funeral director comes and basically it's his job to take care of all of that and he does everything and then you come along. Again, you come along to to view the vo- the body. Now, it's not wrapped in plastic with a sell-by date on it, but it fucking may as well mm-hmm. be. Do you know what kind of way it's been, it's been processed, it's been presented to you mm-hmm. and... Uh, my understanding of it is this uh, funeral directors and not, funeral directors isn't the term. What's the term for somebody who actually does the mortician? The, mort- yeah, mort- mortician. Their goal seems to be to breathe life back into the corpse. Yeah, in some kind of weird way. Like that's mm. like I, I've been to to burials and to, to to people being laid out and that and. They've got rosy cheeks and it's just, mm, uh, oh, I don't know. Like, you didn't have rosy cheeks for the 20 years I knew. Mm, Do you know, mm, I don't know, there's something a bit weird about it, but we very much are separated from that whole process. And I think we're very much the worse 
Before, hey, it's as intimate and personal as it gets. Your debt, it's as intimate and as personal as your birth. Like it's you can't have one without the other. But I think between even even birth, we're kind of coddled as well. It's it's that's the authority looks after that, don't yeah, you know? You, you like, go to the hospital, sign yourself in, and the that's the, it. The, the the designated person. It's not a you know a mortician or a funeral director. It's it's a midwife or mm. an anesthesiologist or. <laughs> I think it is. even the midwifery is kind of dying out. I think there's only two centres left in Ireland. There's one in Cav and I know that much. I'm not sure where the second one is, but um, they're being defunded and I, I can see midwifery disappearing in the next decade. Um, very much it's a clinical procedure, never mind the millions of years of us given birth with our tribes and you know to be the, the, the strong female presence you'd maybe have you know the whole tribe of women would would help the the, the pregnant lady through their birth but it's it's now it's all very medical it's 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 a procedure it's you come in to the authority they very much a revolving door i think it's just fill you up with epidurals and next thing you know you need a c-section and it's in and out and you know mechanized and yeah. next yeah 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 in and out in and out and look it don't don't get me wrong it's it's brilliant for what it does and sometimes it's life-saving for the baby and the mother um I we don't, don't know. we don't want to go back to the child mortality rates of old. Oh, big time, big time. Um, but look at the children dying in the hospital too. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's, birth has always been a, a tough thing to go through. I'm, I'm glad I'm not a woman, that's for sure. <laughs> but um, and look, at I'm kind of I'm painfully aware I don't have any kids, <laughs> so like, it's all very hypothetical for me and kind of. Um, you know, I don't have any personal experience, so it's 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 very much all up in the intellect when I'm talking about these things. But um, I think we're very much coddled with, with life and death. Um, everything is kind of just the authority has the answers. I think it's wrapped up with school and everything else. You're kind of the authority has the answers. The answers are in the back of the book. You don't don't think for yourself to get the answers. The answers are there. Um, the, the, someone who knows what they're talking about has figured this stuff out and there's no need for you. I remember I was sitting again with one of my nephews. He's doing his homework. Um, one of the questions were, what are your five senses? And then the young lad's flipping to the back of the book. And I was like, I... Yeah, think about that there for a second. Um, you know, just encourage some, you know, just independent thinking. Um, I suppose would we'll go against a lot of the schooling principles. Um, we say no, 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 no. That this is how you do it. it. You go to the back of the book, you get the answers, and you write them down, and that's that's how it's done. I say, like, ah, but you think about it for a few seconds, and um. Look, I remember being in school when the adult was kind of doing that crack, which is like, no, fuck off. You weren't in the classroom. You don't get it. Yeah, this is how it's done. Exactly, right? exactly. But uh, no, to be fair to him, he, he thought about it. And yeah, he's thinking about what's in your head. You've got a nose there, you've ears, you've eyes. So he's, he's working through it. And fair to see, you got the five senses we supposedly have and then you know get trying to connect with them at a, bit of a deeper level you know what about a, a sense of fear or a sense of grief or a sense of happiness and what are you talking about Paul? there's only five, there's <laughs> this only five is senses it, this it's, is it. it's implicit in the question what are the this, five senses this is it this is it so often the the question 
dictates how the answer is um, to be so careful about our assumptions um, and yeah look there, there's a difference between emotional senses and maybe I don't know which is even what's it called proprioception Jesus no proprioception I think that's how you say it anyway probably butchering it but um, yeah, but I think it's like your mix of, your spatial awareness basically um, so you, you get a sense of whether you're confined or you can find or maybe or, yeah, or upside down or have you know how far away is the roof from your head or i'm, I'm fairly sure it's it's recognized as your you know a sixth sense now oh yeah, well so. we have we have a whole pile of senses that aren't in the the five five yeah um again as you said yourself you're not sure of the word but i would have said you know when you're upside down so that might be that i think it is said. yeah yeah um and i can't think of there's half a dozen different other ones like if you if you turn a corner in a car with your eyes closed, you know the car is going around the fucking corner. Like, mm, and maybe it's the, mm. it's the same perception that you're talking about there. But again, it's, as you said, it's it's the question that kind of dictates the answer. Big time, like kind of big so time, big time. Even if it was, what are the five main senses? That would lead you to believe yes, that there are other senses. And it doesn't kind of cut you off from kind of potential yeah, learning. Yeah, yeah. I get rigid. Like, I think it's rigidity is the enemy. I think. I think that's a lot of our suffering is is because we're rigid. Like the the hard rock is worn down by the fluid water. Um, I think the more the more you can be fluid and open and, and within reason like i mean you need boundaries and you need definitions and categories it's it's important stuff it's how we learn but they can they can be have downsides as well like, i suppose everything has a downside and an upside so it's um yeah i think we have to be careful careful with our language as well there's so many traps in language and um sometimes again just just how we frame something that it, it can very much close off so much other parts of life and um no very, very much so you, you reminded me of something that i only learned recently and i believe in japan in japanese culture say they don't have a word they don't have an equivalent word for depressed mm. and that poses a major problem to the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> it's so how do you sell antidepressants when people doesn't don't know what being depressed means yeah and that's yeah. not to say that in japanese culture people don't get depressed yes. I'm sure they do but they just I don't know how they they articulate that or how they word it but it just goes to show if you if you think you have this word depression then that lends itself to you thinking you need antidepressants right, of course yeah the clues in the word like yeah absolutely um, and look it's good it's reminding me of a George Carlin joke um, he's talking about what was known as battle fatigue. Sorry, it wasn't battle fatigue. I think originally in World War One it was shell shock. Yes, you were you were literally shocked by shells being dropped beside you, your friends being blown into smithereens, and it was a very apt description as shell shock. <laughs> says was a, a, a one syllable word, and then. Um, it moved on, I think, in World War Two to call it battle fatigue, and the language is just slowly changing, slowly oh, changing, re- removing it from the reality of the situation. Yes, yes, very. But this was his stick, anyhow, and then it turned into post-traumatic uh, stress, disorder. stress disorder, yeah. PTSD. Or PTSD, even worse again, exactly. worse than post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. This you is, know, uh, it's it's the it's it's turned from oh, like a one-syllable word. 
or two syllables. Shell shock to post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I look at there's, there's the flip side to that as well, where we've kind of learned more about what is actually going on on a battlefield. So at first we thought, oh, just shock from shells. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, oh, no, no, it's actually more like you're fatigued from the battle. And now it's, no, 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 wait a minute. There's something even more general, um, PTSD. And you mightn't get it from a battle. It could be from a bad breakup or a car crash. or a, So I think it's, it's a useful tool. And I think sometimes generalizing the language a bit more kind of it's just an upside and downside i suppose there's there's no right or wrong in it but um we just have to be careful about our language um it's it's interesting um so yeah on the ptsd it's it's maybe a more a clinical observation but you've lost something when it was shell shock you, you knew you know there's there's it's a powerful thing to say it's like you fuck these boys experience something seriously traumatic when you say post-traumatic stress disorder it's kind of it seems like it's bit more further removed and generalized but i'm sure it's useful in, in a pile of different ways but um yeah, it certainly loses some of the loses something as well. Oh, without a doubt, and like most of these things, it's 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 not one or the other. It's it's a bit of both. You know, kind of way. Like mm. we 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 need the the bit of we need the word that gets across the shell shocked. We, you know that there's something there's something that you can kind of taste about that. There's something that you can mm. kind of get. But PTSD sounds like something that you need a pill for. Yes, yes. But there's each have their place i suppose yeah. it's just not i suppose trying to remind yourself not to only have one side to kind of keep your mind open to to other bits and pieces mm, mm, mm. yeah so we're, ne- we're never going to get it right i don't think oh, exactly I mean? exactly it's... language i suppose changes and shifts over the years as well which i find can be valuable in one sense because it, it kind of needs to change with the times but detrimental on another hand because when we look back on what people said we need to know what they meant and if the words if the meaning of the words have changed over the last couple of either decades or hundreds or thousands of years things can very much be lost in translation mm-hmm. um but it's it's just it's just interesting on the whole the way language the way we use it the way some cultures describe certain things certain ways and others in different ways there's no real right or wrong i suppose but mm. being aware that certain words are problematic more than others i suppose is only beneficial to for sure, for sure. For your progression, say. Yeah, it reminds me of Terence McKenna talking about like, how poorly defined, it's even yourself and Ivor were talking about the last podcast, you know, drugs, and McKenna would say like, it's a, it's a, a poverty of language, just say drugs. Like, are you talking about sedative state of minds are you talking about psychedelics are you talking about stimulants are you talking about it's just we kind of have these umbrella terms and um sometimes it can be so kind of low resolution that they the lose all meaning i suppose or it's just a, a great brush to fucking tar everyone with like it's oh well, you're a drug addict or you're a this or you're a that it's, um it's yeah we need to be a bit more uh I suppose specific in our language or a bit more um, well taught out. Aware of its limitations, I suppose. Yes. Uh, Sam Harris is a great analogy with, just for the word drugs. He likens it to the word sports. <laughs> you know, mm. is is sport dangerous? Well, you know, 
tennis not so much free solo rock climbing little bit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> one yeah. false move and you're dead <laughs> you're kind of big time big time but sure i suppose that's what this podcast is all about as well listen to it. it's kind of dialectic we're trying to learn just true conversation which i think it's a, it's a really powerful thing oh it's, without a doubt and from, from the from before the get-go even my my goal was to talk to as many different people from as many different loops as humanly possible because you're in the you're in you're in several loops but you're in loops that other people aren't in and two words out of your mouth could just mean so much so much to somebody who doesn't have a clue yeah 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 so that's that's been the goal from the start is to just i suppose broaden my understanding of of everything to see to speak to people who either are about to become vegan or who are vegan or who have been vegan and get a full spectrum because i think a lot lot of the time and again it's another problem with language maybe we hear the term vegan and we have in our minds an understanding of what that word means yeah 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 but it might be correct it it is it's it's typically a stereotype or a caricature or an icon Yes, you yes. Know, we we have these representations and we think we know what these words mean, but the one that makes me laugh is drugs and alcohol. <laughs> like how is that? How is that still okay? Like, like I, I get how that was okay maybe twenty years ago when the general consensus was, you know, drugs are things that criminals get involved in and you mm. wouldn't see, be seen dead with. But I mean, we've come a long way in our understanding of all these substances. But still today, according to the you know the HSE guidelines, it's drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking hell, man. I think every culture kind of picks a substance and kind of codifies it into their culture. So, you know, there's, there's some people fucking drink deer piss to get a high, do you know what I mean? And it's built into their culture and we're kind of, we're in a very much a, an alcohol one, I think up until the 1800s. Bavarian Beer Act they actually banned the use of psilocybin in alcohol so you'd have basically a potent fucking beers that would be laced with psilocybin that that was all knocked on its head but um, yeah I think we kind of we culturally instantiate some drugs and then by default all them other ones are bad they're they're to be kept in the in the locked up um uh, until we know more about them and look at there's there's probably good reason for that too but um it's funny we kind of i think we all have a tendency to think the things i do are okay and then the things that other people do i don't know about that now um so it's funny yeah i suppose we're all full of our own bias and our own own ignorance or arrogance or healthy mixture of all of the above oh no without a doubt but I, I think with multiculturalism whether you you know love it or hate it it exposes you to other cultures and it exposes you to other ways of life and I suppose can open your mind and again kind of broaden your horizons again like they say travel broadens the mind and if a load of different people have moved from different areas into the one spot there's a kind of a travel there you Big know like time, if, yeah. if you've got a diverse group of friends you're it's not travel per se, but there's a there's a it's almost intellectual travel if you're talking mm. to different people from different walks of life, from different cultures with different opinions. I mean, I remember chatting to a guy, um, Afgar was his name. I worked with him uh, in a tax consultancy company years ago, and he was from where was he? He was from Pakistan. At the name of the city, it'll come back to me. You don't know the capital of Pakistan off by hand, do you? 
Oh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. But anyway, he was saying where he was from and he was talking about going duck hunting. And to me, I was like, you're from Pakistan, you're going duck hunting. There's no ducks in... There's no water in Pakistan. (laughs) fucking ducks, like... And he, was like, he kind of looked at me. He was like, "What are you fucking on about, man?" And I was like, "Listen, I, I've never been to Pakistan. I don't know anything about Pakistan." But Warren Torn, I, I was, I was, yeah, Warren Torn. What, what I had in my head, Cratchy. That's where he Cratchy, was from. Yes, yes. I said to, him, I go, I, I, and I knew I was wrong in saying this, but I said it anyway. And I told him, I go, look, I'm what I'm about to say is probably going to be. I don't know if it's racist or bigoted or both, but it's just what I have in my head, and I'm not ashamed of it. It's just, it's who and what I am. And I'm I'm ready to be corrected. But what I told him was when he said he was from Karachi in Pakistan, I just saw Indiana Jones, you know, <laughs> dusty streets, chickens, camels. And I'm telling him this and he's just fucking wetting himself laughing like and he goes, No, hang on a second, man, hang on a second. He pulls up his fucking Facebook uh profile and starts going through his phones of him off in the fucking uh, wetlands yeah, like, yeah. this is in Pakistan like, and he's like man he fucking seriously that you know ill informed about the world and I was like yes yeah. <laughs> L- little bit yeah big but, time I, and I personally even in that moment felt one step ahead of most people because mm. at least I was kind of aware of my own ignorances yeah, you know, yeah, like kind of way, which yeah. is a, a, a step closer to having an actual understanding of the world and not just, you know, towel heads, Middle East. Yeah, yeah. People, you know, yeah, you don't bomb on you kind yeah. of thing. You know, all this kind of, all these tropes that we're, we're growing up with. Like. Oh, yeah. If you're, the only source of information is the RT News, like, all you know is, oh, is that where Saddam Hussein came from? Or something yeah, yeah, yeah without doubt, yeah. Is that Bin Laden country? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's not a good place, is it? Like, it's yeah. just, you can have a skewed version of reality if all you do is... You know, your only kind of source of information about what goes on in the world is the RT News or Sky News or Fox or CNN. You have a radically skewed version of reality. Like if someone's agenda or bias or um, you, you don't, I don't know. I think if you want to know, know people, talk to people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when all about Pakistan, talk to someone from Pakistan, you're going to get infinitely more valid information on do you know a two minute soundbite on the internet yeah um, or the accumulation of two minute soundbites over the last decade or two yeah yeah what well, you've generalised out of that then uh, as like, well I, I pick a country Afghanistan all yeah. I just think of is heroin and bombs same and the Taliban same. yeah same. I'm, 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 I'm running out of things to talk yeah. about about a country that's probably 20 times the size yeah, of Ireland yeah, like yeah, you know yeah this is uh, so funny so funny um but look at yeah, I think it's it's all for learning, really, isn't it? Yeah, like, no, absolutely, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah, I think probably one of the best things I've done in my adult life was getting rid of my television. It's, it's up there, like it's I think the healthiest and radio as well. Just, just it's endless amounts of mindless garbage like it's noise isn't it big time, big time. Or anti mutual anti Eileen had a great one was it. Uh, Chewing gum for the mind. <laughs> chewing, gum for, chewing gum for the eyes, I heard. Oh, okay, eyes yeah. Either or. Either or, it's a good one, yeah. I like it. It's just really, it's not, yeah, you're chewing on something, but like it's it's just empty and devoid of fucking anything fucking good, really. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I've, I've actually quoted you uh, on this before. I don't know if you were quoting someone in turn, but you said to me before, it really resonated 
were what was it overfed and undernourished yes and yes. i think that works we were talking about food earlier i think that works uh for food and emo- yeah, yeah in- intellectually emotionally physically mentally whatever way you want to phrase big, it like big time big time i think um just endless amounts of content even on the internet i mean where do you start like if you if you want to kind of inform yourself about you know what's the world what's it all about like it's where do you start like there's just endless amounts of people with opinions and voices and you'd be tuned into absolutely anything nowadays um which is the, i suppose one good thing about having you know the rte news as a kind of overarching storytelling machine is everybody's kind of on a shared narrative so we kind of i think that's what people like about it as well it's we're all on the same page here and you know what's going on i know what's going on and when you kind of add in the chaos of fucking the internet it's you know it's it's i I wonder how it's going to unfold over maybe the next decade or so and kind of there is no really shared narrative anymore i mean Coronation Street was a staple in our house when we were growing yeah, up. Yours like, and mine. Yeah, yeah. And fucking everybody else's. This is it. We're not big TV watchers. Like your mom, I'm sure your mother would be the same. It'd be, you know, get away from that TV. Your eyes will go square. You know, we're still fed on fucking just nonsense. Fair City, Emmerdale, all the just junk, absolute junk. It's the same repetitive nonsense over and it's, over. It's and gotten over. a lot worse. Really? Oh my God. Herself uh, would record the soaps and not all of them now, but I think Emmerdale and they're all the same to me. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't recognize which one she's watching when when I come come in. But if I'm away for an evening or whatever, she'll sit down and and go through a couple of episodes. No, she doesn't watch them religiously or anything. Mm. But... And there's no she, harm. Like, there's there, no, there, there's not. It's, Disclaimers. Know, it's, 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 it's fiction. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's yeah. fine. But where I think it gets kind of scary is it's not portrayed as fiction. Yes. There's no dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah, know that yeah, kind yeah. of way? Like, it's, it's, it's quote unquote normal. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I personally think that it normalizes quite quite frankly, psychotic behaviour. Oh, big time. It big becomes, time. you know... She there, slept with him and then him. There's and six then affairs he, going on and a murder <laughs> and a missing child and a fire, you know, all in the same episode. <laughs> and you're like, fucking hell. Like, what? And it's funny because I might come into the room and herself will be watching it and she won't watch them with me. Yeah, you'll ruin it. I do, though. I do, yeah, I don't yeah, mean to. Yeah, but, just but I do. The facial expression you'll or but, something. But it's funny, though, isn't it? Because I'll be watching something and she'll come into the yeah, room yeah, and yeah. I can't watch it with her because of... It's, you know, they're different, but they're, they're very similar. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. weird one. Yeah, it's, again, it's kind of like my drugs are good and yours are bad. Yeah, you know I mean? The so, junk yeah. shit I watch is fucking... It's enlightenment stuff. Yeah, to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, we're, we're full of it. We're full of ourselves. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. The soaps are just not for me. Not for me. Uh, to each their own, I think. I'm sure there's some good to be gotten from them, but uh, yeah, it's it's funny. I think as the, all these kind of institutions break down, like, uh, I wonder people have no common ground to kind of stand on. Like, how do we communicate if we can't agree on basic principles? Like, what? where does it go like it's like a nihilistic hellhole that we're gonna end up in but um 
Ah, sure. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're rolling the dice anyway, so yeah, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Um, you, just coming back to the, the whole food conversation, you're a chef by trade. Yes, yes. So, so you were a chef butchering animals to beat the band for God knows how many years. And am I right in saying had a psychedelic experience with your dog? Presumably he wasn't on the No, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't give him anything anyway. Uh, I think you're probably getting a contact buzz, to be fair. Um, but, but how does that work? So, I mean, if, for most, not normal people, but for, for most people... <laughs> <laughs> For, for most people who aren't chefs, for example, yeah, yeah. If you have a, an experience, whether it's watching a, a documentary or a, a psychedelic experience or whatever, but there's a shift in your perception or consciousness or whatever way you want to look at it, and you go, "Oh no, I, I can't, I can't eat yeah, meat anymore." But, yeah. Were you working as a chef at the time? And um, I was, yeah. Um, so how how did that? Like, were you happy enough to prepare other people's? No, I actually, I basically stopped chefing then as well. It was a whole, whole life change, really, after that experience. Um, so, yeah, I went deep down the vegan rabbit hole. Um, straight so off. So, I, my understanding is that most people kind of go vegetarian. No, this is just straight, straight down the rabbit hole. Right. Fucking, there's nothing holding me back. Like, it's just <laughs> fucking confirmation bias after confirmation bias. Uh, and look at it again, there's there's uh, so many of the vegan principles that I'd still be, you know, I'd, I'd stand up for. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, went straight down. Just anything that came from an animal equals bad. As as simplistic and as stupid as that sounds, but that's that's where it was going. It's wrapped up with, you know, capitalism is inherently evil, and there's there's a kind of a maybe a socialistic slant on it as well. And I suppose I guess most vegans would be kind of fairly that way inclined not there's nothing wrong with it but it's supposed to be more sensitive and a bit more you know if you're standing up for animal rights i suppose you're kind of you're probably maybe a bit more sensitive than than towards animals anyhow than maybe the meat eater um um but yeah yeah the, deep down the vegan rabbit hole for close to four years and yeah i think it, it slowly rolled back i was thinking oh yeah but you get a few chickens and then the eggs are okay because they're laying them anyway and it's it's not a battery i love my own chickens i never got chickens but certainly eating eggs again. <laughs> <laughs> they're free range don't you know yeah, that's, that's just that's just capitalism just invading your life again isn't oh it? Like, yes you, know, yes you justify it fucking one way and then yeah, it's everywhere they're just there and it'd be just as handy and yeah. i couldn't be arsed and yeah. oh, nom, 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 i have the chicken coop and all <laughs> Great yeah. intentions. You do still intend to get chickens. I'm I like, do. Oh, no, I will. I'm, I'm getting chickens for sure. Yeah, like, you're like me. Oh, you're getting yeah, chickens. Yeah. It's 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time. And again, I think a, a big part of the chickens, more so for you because you live in the town. So I'm out in the country in a kind of standalone house. So I could have 100 million chickens in my backyard yeah. and no one's really going to pass any remarks. But there's an element to having chickens know, in your housing estate. And it's the lad that runs around and it's very peach. <laughs> you know, like, like, it's, it's funny because on, on one sense, I'd be keen to tell people, ignore all that stuff. Don't be thinking about what other people are thinking of you and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you have to settle into your society and a be big a, time. You know, you don't you don't really want to be, you know, that guy. Yeah, I, you can't be the cunt with the cockerel crowing at fucking five <laughs> in the morning. I never thought of him actually. <laughs> Do you need him? No, no. This no, is a major not, it's gonna this is leading down a major 
rearing chickens bro science moment. So you don't need a cockerel. No, no, not unless you want baby chickens, I suppose. Okay, uh, okay. And how many chi- how many eggs would you get out of a chicken? You that doesn't have chickens. <laughs> Uh, I think on average they will one a day to, uh, laying. I think they call them hens if they're laying eggs. Um, okay, so uh, oh fuck, right? Uh, Whoa, I know, mind blowing. The walls have just shifted here slightly. So a chicken, I think it's a generic term for any fucking chicken or a hen. Yeah, exactly. Chicken. Yeah, so yeah. Ch- chicken is. Not a breed, but a, ch- a type of animal. It could a be, chicken? yeah. I think it's like the, the family name. So it could be a hen. It could be a chick. It could be a cockerel. You know, it's kind of fucking an umbrella term for all okay. of them, I suppose. But I think if your hen is laying eggs, it's it's known as a hen. It's a female. Like okay, okay. So it's not as deep as I try. I've I've tried to get my head around the difference between a bull and a heifer and a steer oh, and a, there's that, half yeah. a dozen of them thrown in there I've never got my head around it but I think I might have chicken's nails so yeah, chicken's hen, hen is just female is it? a hen yeah, yeah, and then yeah. a cockerel and then chicken is just the, the animal type I, I, I think so yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm one step closer to getting chickens <laughs> I have two German Shepherds though which is the other thing oh they and love the chickens but it's funny you say that because a friend of mine I can't think of her name now but, they're not um, vegan are they who they're not vegan oh, they're not. <laughs> no certainly not uh, but my friend had chickens and her, well her parents had chickens and they did have like they they were quite wealthy they had a huge big house out in the country so the massive gardens it was practically an estate like um, and they had chickens running around or whatever. But a rep called to the house one day, I think, they had a farm and a rep, some lad selling, I don't know, fertiliser or whatever the fuck they were selling, reversed over one of the chickens on his way out Ouch. and had to come back with his tail between his legs and go, uh, sorry, but just to let you know, I'm very sorry, all apologies. I'm after fucking knocking down one of your chickens. You know, I can't apologise enough. Look, don't worry about it, lad, accidents happen. And off he went and that was grand. But they had a brainwave of, they didn't want to just chuck the um, chicken into the bin. So they, they threw it to their dog. And they came back then the next day and the dog killed something like 15 of their fucking chickens. Didn't know we could eat them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. We've been, we've been passing up on this free meal for how long now? Fucking hell. Give them an inch, give them an inch. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, definitely one step closer to getting chickens. I really know hens. You want hens? Sorry, hens. hens. I need hens. <laughs> hens for eggs. No cockles, unless I want chicks. Yes, I think okay. so. Okay. Okay. I, could, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right, Do your own Google and people. Uh, just for the benefit of myself and everybody else, what's the difference then between veganism and vegetarianism? Uh, vegans uh, won't eat any animal products and look they're all new terms I'm sure in another five years you'll have well I'm a vegan of this variety and I'm a vegan of that Mm. variety I mean vegetarian a decade ago was eat chicken and fish Oh, that, really? Oh, that, that was a vegetarian, standard vegetarian. Would, uh, uh, chicken uh, and fish, white meat is isn't animals. So it was red meat they didn't eat. A Basically, yeah. That they didn't eat red meat. Exactly. They'd have, okay. Chicken and fish was still part of the vegetarian diet, which is funny now because I, I, I don't know what a modern vegetarian, I don't think they'd consider eating chickens or fish to be, I think you'd call them, there's a bunch of different terms, but... Uh, Pescatarian, someone who only have but pesco like fish. I think uh, is the is it Latin for fish? Oh, uh, Pisces pesco. Yeah, same, same same branch of word. I'm not sure if it's Greek or, or uh, Roman. Um, 
Jesse and pescatarians, what's their own ovo lactotarian. And so, sorry, pescatarians eat only fish or not or fish, fish and vegetables? Like, the, okay. yeah, fish should be the only meat they're having. Per okay, se, like, um, and sorry, what was the next one? You've ovotarians, people that eat eggs. So I think basically no other animal products, but will have eggs. Yeah, because the, the egg isn't. It's not. In a way, it's not the animal. Yeah, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And like, they're, they're laying, they're laying them just as part of the course. Like a chicken will lay eh? or a hen will lay. Eh? There you go. <laughs> uh, am I right in saying? Uh, I need to say chicken's egg. A hen's egg is its period. Yeah, yeah, which is a great fucking bit of vegan propaganda there. You're eating the fucking period of a fucking bird, like yeah, yeah. And when you when you get very logical about it. and I found that was for me that was kind of some of the downsides of veganism I'm not knocking anyone that's doing it. I think more power to you if that's what you want to do do your thing but um, it all was just so rigid it was and too too logical like oh you're really gonna drink the milk of another species like it comes out of the cow's tit and it's you know you wouldn't drink it before it was processed and before it was fucking pasteurized, pasteurized and homogenized and ugh, raw milk you wouldn't fucking go near it and you know there's there's some logic to it like there's there's truth in it as well you know the milk is to turn a whatever 100 pound calf into a fucking a hundred pound calf in the space of a few weeks, you know what I mean? It's 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 super nourishing and super fatty. Um, I suppose that's I mean. actual milk, though, as opposed to oh, you know, yeah. what we buy in the two liter plastic jug big, thing in big the shop. Time. I guess most people wouldn't. Again, we're kind of another thing we're kind of maybe coddled away from is just what what food is before it's fucking you know made fucking palatable to the Western fucking palate um but yeah yeah the the milk is an interesting one. so yeah you'll have ovotarians lactotarians or ovo lactotarians people that eat just eggs and milk they'd be the only kind of uh, animal products that to be and um so yeah i'm sure i'm sure veganism will branch off into a bunch of different kind of subsections um um yeah i think it's there any other kind of terms to throw out there yeah look there's endless amounts of new diets people are making up new diets every other day of the week yeah like um, my, my new my new one the food diet the food diet yeah. but it, it's weird though isn't it I've often wondered it's funny it's one of these things like, I, I keep catching myself saying it on the podcast I'd say I must look up the definition of this word that I'm about to start talking about and do I know I fucking don't yeah but food like what's what's the definition of food I mean if you go into a shop these days like you can buy all sorts of like sparkly sugary sweet things you know for you know snack not not even snacks but treats sweets and different things mm. and they're you can eat them and they don't make you sick mm. but is that the new standard, definition or yeah, standard for yeah, food yeah like can if if you eat like does it have to give you energy does there have to be nutritional value in it because I, I wouldn't think that i don't know a chewing gum or whatever sweet it might have zero nutritional value but it certainly has energy but does it need I don't think it needs to have both to be considered food yeah yeah I wouldn't have a clue myself kind of what's is there kind of legal definitions then as well it's it's funny you say that though because I was listening to something recently and it was gone about um, it was your man uh, he actually wrote a book on psychedelics only recently he'd done one on the meat industry and on 
big food writer. Oh, Michael Pollan. Michael was Pollan, it? that's yeah. the man. I was watching, I think he has a documentary called Cooked on Netflix. It's actually fantastic. Oh, it's like it's it a four-part series, an hour each, and each one, one is fire, one is earth, one is water, and one is air. And Fucking hippie. I know, yeah. <laughs> You've done drugs recently, did he? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, he, it's, it's super interesting stuff. He, he talks about how fire... Um, our mastery of fire seems to have coincided with the doubling of our brain size. So mm, mm. Th- th- there's a theory that when we started cooking food, it gave us so much more nourishment that we had the surplus energy to, to grow our brains. He actually says something that was really cool. He views ovens as extensions of our stomachs. Yeah, brilliant. I just Love think it. that's Love class. It. Love it. Uh, yeah. um, so so all technology really is an extension. extension it's all but born of thought. Like everything around it is created by thought. Yeah, no, no, without a doubt. Sorry, interrupt. No, 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 you're grand. I'm not even sure if I can bring myself back to what I was going to say there. Uh, Michael, Something pollen, about pollen, fire, or oh, all the extensions of our... The extensions, yeah. Um... No, it's gone. It's gone, gone, gone. Um, <laughs> but with food in general, oh, I'm back in the room. I think it's on one of his episodes that he mentions how the bread industry basically had to get onto the FDA to change the FDA's definition of bread <laughs> because their original definition was, and you might be able to answer this, water, flour, and some raisin age and some rising age and that was like the the ingredients of bread are water flour and a, a rising agent of some description but they had to get them the, the food industry basically had to get them to change that because they were putting so much stuff into what they were calling bread it didn't fit the description according to the fda so legally they couldn't call what they were selling bread because there was so much so much more in what they were selling than what was in their de- definition. So they got the FDA to change the definitions. Hilarious. Instead of changing what they were doing to meet the standard of what it needed to be to be bred, you change the definition of it and you're off and, a, yeah, you're off, you're off and running. Like. That's gas. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's funny. I wouldn't be looking again. The authoritative structures, the, the fucking food pyramid. Like, if you're basing your diet off of that. Like, What's wrong know? with the food pyramid, Corey? <laughs> Perfect. Nothing wrong. Well, look, we're very much so on the same page there, okay? But there's people listening, I'm sure, that are going, the fuck is wrong with the food pyramid? Um, so could you elaborate on that a little? Um, Jeez, I'm, I'm not too old fair with the food pyramid. I'm a, a skeptic, but I know nothing about it. Um, I know it's it's kind of a it's a nonsense way of you and your your health or your 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 diet. Um, do you know what I mean? They're saying grains being the 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 main source of food, breads and cereals. I mean, fucking breads and cereals. You don't, you don't want to be fucking living off of that. Um, maybe if you're poor, like, you're nothing else. But um, it's funny, like, I suppose, as, as mindsets change or maybe a bit more science gets behind, um, more food science is done. But I mean, the, was it maybe, I think, the 60s in the States that made... The sugar industry basically had a smear campaign against fat, so it was fat, bad, sugar, good, and do you know what I mean? These super sweet cereals are the best breakfast you could be giving your kids, and even when your kids' teeth are rotting out of their heads, you're still thinking, oh yeah, cereal's good stuff. 
Um, do you know I mean cholesterol has been the, the the cause of heart disease for ten years or more? And now people are looking at it again, going, "Wait a minute, this, this sugar thing seems to be having a, a huge impact on heart disease, obesity, diabetes." It's and again, you have to be even it's the poverty of language again. When you say sugar, what do you mean? Do you mean fruit sugar? Are you eating an apple, or do you mean heavily processed? white granulated sugar um, that's a million miles away from cane sugar or worse, uh, or worse again some sort of sweetener yeah oh yeah stevias or whatever there's endless amounts of them and this is you got you gotta love the capitalists the, the increase of sugar tax so oh that'll, that'll limit people's sugar it's like, oh let's start putting in a bunch of other sweeteners that we don't really know the impact of um, not until another maybe 10 or 20 years when so very often it's a, we're in a human experiment here and do you know what I mean? We're, we're the guinea pigs. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And the only thing stopping these companies from doing more is a fear of being sued. Oh, big time. Like a, big lot time. Of, a lot of corporate life is what can we get, what can we do without getting sued? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how much profit is in it? Yeah, and that's, yeah. is it worth doing? Um, yeah, absolutely. on that basis. So a pharmaceutical company, to take an example, if they think that they can make five billion and potentially be sued for 500 million or 1 billion. Oh, well worth it. Fucking happy days. Pay off whoever you have to pay off, and there's 4 million in the bank, or 4 billion in the bank. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, And again, I think that this idea that you mentioned earlier of kind of us looking up to the authority, that would be, I suppose, maybe not as as bad. It would never be good to outsource your mind to an authority. I don't think that would ever be good. But if that authority actually genuinely had your best interests at heart, it wouldn't be nearly as bad as it mm-hmm. is now because mm-hmm. that authority's interest is, for the most part, making money these days. Yeah, yeah, and if that's not their direct objective, it's the direct objective of something that's supplying that industry. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know mm-hmm. what I kind of way? Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Um, and look, at sometimes sometimes people are just operating off of... Um, don't pour information or you know it's it's i think we're, we're constantly learning we're constantly developing so what was considered in fact 10 years ago now is you know complete nonsense nowadays i think um four out of five doctors smoke this brand of cigarette yeah big time big time um look at it it's, it's a learning curve but i mean it's one of our mutual anti on again. One of her expressions is always bring your brain with you, don't leave it on the dresser table. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 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 really important to try and think for yourself as much as you can. Um, um, yeah, and just to instill that, you know, it's, it's, it's a habit thing, I think, as well. Like, if you spend Monday to Friday kind of being lazy in whatever regard, like it could be very obvious lazy you know you sit in front of the tv all day long or you you know you never exercise you you're just a, a sloppy thinker sloppy in your habits you know what i mean you you just create and work for yourself every time you go to do something you know what i mean you you use a cup and then you go and use another cup and then you go and grab another cup and i'm constantly doing it like you fucking eight glasses at the end of the day going why was i just drinking out of the one but i think the more you're in that them habits it's very hard to then on a saturday go right i'm going to try and learn this for me a big guitar player so i'm trying to learn a 
piece of music. If I've been kind of sloppy all week, it's very hard to then kind of try and sit down and try and be clear in your thinking. I think it's either you're in the habit of doing things the right way or you're in the habit of just making a mess of things. Um, I found training with yourself uh, a short time been doing it. It really, it really helps with that as well. It's kind of, do you know what I mean? You're, you you're you're focused and you're it just extends into every part of your life it's not like oh i go and do my exercise thing here and that's a little segment of my life all all to itself it's no no that that'll affect everything you do everything you do um yeah i think you, you are what you do you are what you see you are what you hear you are what you expose yourself to so um very often it's it's how your thinking dictates how your life goes like oh without a doubt and i think there's a there's a nice little um succinct expression that summarizes what you're saying how you do anything is how you do everything yes big time the micro the microcosm and the macrocosm are the same thing like yeah i think we we've we fall victim to that a little bit so we another expression that that i'm a big fan of is we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and overestimate sorry we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and underestimate what we can do in a long period of time yes so you see somebody playing the guitar and you say to yourself jesus i could never do that In, in 20 years i couldn't do that and in the same breath, you'll go, I'm going to get fit tomorrow and I'm going to, you know, yeah, I'm going to yeah, do this yeah. and I'm going to have a six pack and a fortnight and I'm going to change my life around. And I don't know, it's obviously not not quite that straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, in relation to, to learning and, and schooling, I was telling you earlier, myself and herself um, having a bit of trouble with the little man kind of readjusting back into school. It, it's course, hard. Yeah. He's going from junior infants to senior infants in the middle of a pandemic so there's you know we're wearing masks dropping them off we can't go past certain places he has to stick with pods so he has all that compounded on top of you know being six yes in this fucking crazy world how long how long since he was in school is it six or seven months since they've been at school is it fuck uh when did lockdown happen march was it because he wasn't in school for a the school's closed the first, if memory uh, serves me correctly, before there was a full lockdown. Yes, yeah, we were still working. And, uh, yes, and yeah, he was yeah. out of school. So <laughs> lockdown was, what, three months? We're, let's say, a month, well, we're two months out of it, but he's, what are we looking at, four, five months maybe? Is that how long this, you have a break? Yeah, four yeah, four yeah, or five yeah, months, yeah, 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 yeah. which is a hell of a long time yeah, when you're yeah, six. Yeah, big time, yeah. You know, because yeah, you can yeah. kind of delete zero life. to three, you know, kind of way, so three years... And half a year, do you know what kind yeah, of way yeah, to, to him? Big proportion of your life. Like the, uh, the reason that I brought that up is, you've mentioned the idea of homeschooling, and I've of I've often semi ridiculed you by what's what's that other expression? Uh, Tell me more about how you're going to raise your imaginary kids yeah. hypothetically. Oh, no, yes, that's it. Yes. But still, I I. I I'm becoming more and more of a fan of homeschooling the more and more difficulties I'm having with my kids <laughs> in school. Do you know kind of way? Yeah, yeah. But what, what are your thoughts on it generally? Because homeschooling is one of those things you can be, you can be vegan, you can uh, wear no shoes, you can grow your beard down to your toes, you can be pretty weird and get away with it. But as soon as you mention homeschooling, <laughs> red flags second. everywhere, and, and rightly so. Oh, big time! So yeah. because I, I think what 
I think the main reason for the kind of raised eyebrows and the hmm, what's going on here is you're not doing it. Uh, yeah. Do you know that kind of way? It's like one thing that I've thought about before with, with vegans and vegetarians is are they going to raise their kids vegan and vegetarian? Mm-hmm. Because most people alive these days, at least, they were brought up, like most vegans, I would imagine, were brought up eating meat <gasps> and dairy products and whatever yeah, else. Maybe not so much in the vegetarian, but I think for vegans, probably more so, yeah. And maybe nowadays, vegans are having kids and they're, they're going to bring their kids up vegan. Who knows? Um, I think vegetarians, you know what I mean? The whole most of the billion people in India are brought up vegetarian. True. Do you know what I mean? Um, of course, it's something that I always have to remind myself that when I make an observation, I have to remind myself that it's grounded in my white, straight, male, Irish uh, yeah, being. Yeah. Do you yes, know what I yes. And I'll... Uh, d- um just say I go on sorry yeah yeah, keep going there was a joke there somewhere but (laughs) (laughs) Um, which yeah on homeschooling so you don't have kids you would you be married no you wouldn't be married by now you had to postpone the the big day Uh, yeah we don't know what we're doing there yet just because of Covid yeah basically it was meant to be happening in November but uh, we're just everything's up in the air now we're thinking maybe have a small wedding but we have family that are abroad and that we're not sure about them being able to get back and yeah, look, it's it's all up in the air. Um, Fast forward then to when you do have kids, whenever that happens for you. Uh, have have you sure. decided basically between you that you're going to homeschool? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny, it was only the other day I was thinking, I'm not even going to call it homeschooling because it's, it's... That's not the point, is it? Yeah, like if you're it's not do what they do school. in school at home, big time. Yeah. you may as well just bring them into school. Like. And look at it with all the remote learning that's going on now. Like, why you, when they could remote learn anything they want, why would they remote learn school? Like you're a product of your environment. You go to prison, you learn prison. You go to school, you learn school. It's not, it's not really... Uh, it's not education as such. It's a lot of it's more so indoctrination. Now look, it might come across a bit, whatever, uh, one-sided <laughs> about it or one-minded about it. But uh, I think a lot of it's you know keeping the kids at the same level. It's you know where else do we segregate humans by age and sex? It's it's strange when you kind of take a fresh look at it. Um, um, and look, there's there's lots of merits to it, big time. Um, yeah, I think for us, we're and look, we're we're privileged. We're in a position where we have a roof over our heads. We don't have major bills. We don't have a mortgage, so we kind of have the freedom and the time to be kind of educating ourselves before we go thinking we can educate children. Um, and you know what? I think a lot of the raised eyebrows are you're not a teacher, so how could you teach kids? Um, Again, it's that, but we've all been through a school system ourselves, so of course we're going to think that way. Um, um, I'm just going to rant on about school. <laughs> by all means, by all means, because it's funny, you're, as I would be, you're in you're in that loop. You're, yeah. And it's not an anti-school loop, but you you see the you see the problem. You, you don't go to school. like it, The idea, I think, of schools is this, you're, I don't know, you're, you're, you're taught in schools. So you're, you're, you're told all these different things about maths and about geography and about whatever mm-hmm. else they, learn, they, they, they teach in school, but they don't teach you how to learn, per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, 
homeschooling again for want of a better term is more about kind of feeding your own want for knowledge because i think as kids we're in or as a species we're inherently inquisitive mm, oh big time i think it's something uh shout out to john gatto amazing guy uh, he died recently but um he wrote some incredible books the underground uh america uh, his, an underground history of the american education system and What's the other one? Weapons of Mass Instruction. Um, some really good books, but a point he made, which I love, is learning isn't voluntary. It's, it's, that's what happens depending on what environment you're in. Like that's, it's not something you actively do. It's just learning isn't inherent. Like it's just, it's a natural consequences to, to whatever environment you're in. So I think you, you, something he'd be a proponent of as well is just front load your child with experience and to learn what they need to learn like um so much of school and it's kind of the authority has the answers all very kind of disconnected and it's not very i don't know i think irish is a great example we all learn irish for 15 16 plus oh, years yeah, best part of it. Learn for the, it for the cupola fuckle you're left with after, at the end. Oh, like. insanity! You learn more Irish in two weeks in the Gale talk than I ever did in school. Yeah, because purely experiential. It was in the environment, it was in an Irish environment. You can't help but learn it. But when you're in a stuffy room and now you're in an even stuffier pod that they tell you to disinfect every fucking two hours. Um, it's just uh, I don't know what they're learning, but it's not Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, but that's the thing. Like, what what is like the the conspiracy theorist in me would say that it's not about education; it's about conformity. Oh yeah, it's about se- separating yeah. the wheat from the chaff, the yeah. management from the workers, big time, and big getting time. people to know their place big from time. as early an age as possible. Well, there's a the industrial revolution and the schooling system went hand in hand. Like that's you can't have one without the other. Do you know, the schools were built to get people ready for the factories like it's not news or conspiracy that's just the fact that's that's what happened um um so yeah i think a lot, a lot of it's outdated and it needs to be modernized i suppose or just done away with completely in my book it just it won't be and look at I, I like the idea also that how do you know you're individual effort is going to be better than a school's collective fail and that's something i've grappled with like is it's you know i think there's a massive ethical way to deciding to educate your kids for yourselves and going against the grain like um but yeah i think if you're if you're going to put your honest effort into it um you have the resources you have the means um i think if, if anybody's that way inclined um yeah, just do plenty of research. John Gott was a great man to, to look into his hours and hours of stuff on, on YouTube. And who is he now for people listening? And for myself, because I'm not, I've, the name's somewhat <coughs> familiar, but aside from what you said, I couldn't add anything. Um, he's a teacher. He's in New York, taught in a bunch of schools in the States. But um, yeah, he won numerous awards, Teacher of the Year award, just year after year after year in New York. But he was getting inner city ghetto kids that just never had a hope. No one, no one gave two shits about them. But um, he had them putting on Shakespeare plays and all sorts. Yeah, his, well, believe his it. classrooms were empty because he'd send them off. One girl was interested in swimming, so he sent her off 
doing chlorine counts of all the local. There's about 50 swimming pools all within kind of walking distance and wherever she was in New York. And he got her, you know, he sent her on her way. We gave her a few pointers. And check out the footfall. Check out the chlorine content. Check out this. Check out that. She had compiled over the space of a year, compiled a bunch of stats about all the local swimming pools, and then um, she ended up publishing at that, the end of the year as well. So it's only like an eight-year-old kid or something. Um, but a pork and eight-year-old shouldn't be able to do those kind of things. <laughs> nah, that's mad. But it is because like, with inherently built into the school structure is stages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're in second class. That means you know everything up to the second class you're in first year you're in fifth year and sixth class you know it's very regimented it's very by the book you're supposed to know this you're you don't need to know that as opposed to i don't know getting a a feel for what it's like to compile knowledge and and educate yourself big time big time it's another interesting tact he took was um he gave i don't know the american school and it's in grades or whatever um so the equivalent of junior infants to sixth class he gave them all the same coursework the same books to read um it could have been shakespeare was hamlet some of the classics classic literature and he would change the questions. So, do you know what I mean? He's asking the eight-year-olds different questions as he's asking the 12-year-olds. But they could all interact with the with the content. Um, yeah. There wasn't all the, the, the first-class kids couldn't read this. And you'd have to be in sixth class to learn that. There's none of that. And kids excelled. Kids loved it. Kids know when you're coddling them. Like, they they know for sure and if you tell them they're a certain way and you put them in a certain box like that's that's how it will be then um it takes a lot of i don't know it took me a long time being out of school being out of any educating system college to actually have a an appetite for learning again for reading like to have an actual passion for it like not just a means to an end get the piece of paper get the degree get whatever it is and then i can get whatever job um yeah it's it's a different thing different thing when you're when you're learning for the want of learning like to further yourself to just be a little less ignorant than you were yesterday oh, like. without a doubt like i mean I, I would very much uh consider my education to have stopped at the end of secondary school at you know 18 there thereabouts but my learning only started when i was in my fucking mid-20s mm-hmm. and to me as a 36 year old looking back on school to think that i had the option of doing science past the junior cert and went ah no nah, fuck that <laughs> not for me like, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, I mean, I had it in me. I remember at the time it was, oh, you know, chemistry and physics, like, oh, that's that's a lot of maths. So if you're not good at maths, you know, don't, yeah, don't do any of those things. And yeah, biology, nah. like, you know, it was a lot of, you know, c- cellular stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it just, I don't know, it wasn't packaged to me in a a way that I found it remotely interesting. Yeah, like, yeah all, These are the formulas. You have to know these formulas and... No, no context, no nothing. It was all geared to you passing this test. Yeah, it's not nothing like, to do with. Here's a magnifying glass and go out into your garden, like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. Just it's all so abstract. It's words on a page. It's not. Again, it's the environment you're in. It's 
you learn infinitely more. You'll actually learn the Irish language if you go to the Gael talk. You'll go to 15 years of school and you can barely speak a word. Like, yeah. I think that says it all. You can't really say any more than that about the school system. right? It's the same. But maybe Irish is just too too obvious an example or something. But... Um, I think it's I think it's the same. If we were to learn if English wasn't being spoken at home by our parents, we'd be as fucking clueless as well. Like we Yeah, it's funny if you've hit on something there for me. If if you weren't taught English at school, yeah, if so if if your parents for whatever reason taught school was where you learned language and you were taught English as opposed to brought up in the environment like what it's 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 a weird one I'm trying to think of a better analogy than than English but we seem to live in a world now whereby you go to school to learn these things you know there's no I I wouldn't think there's much geography being taught at home these days because you know that's kind of that's school's domain (laughs) it's almost as if the education system has robbed parents of their responsibility to inform and even raise yeah, the their atho- kids the authorities looking off that's it again uh, isn't it like uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah should the parents are like still school kids themselves like uh, that that part of them is still there like it's the four-year-old is still in here right now like, uh, it's interesting um uh that's gone now um on the school and um, yeah it's just I think if you're in the right environment the learning is just involuntary it, it's not this act of rote memorization I love the idea of bulimic education you just cram it all in puke it back on a page and forget about it on to the next thing um, yeah. yeah it's funny because I've heard people say I've heard people who finished both school and college and like they've handed in all their assignments, they've done all their fucking theses or whatever else they have to do. They pass all their tests and it's finished. And there's a sigh of relief and they're done with learning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, just, it's just like fucking hell. Insane. And look, there's, there's, I don't know, you have to have some way of measuring people's, I don't know, success and... Oh, ability and, and whatever else. You yeah. have to, you need to know that the guy performing the operation... Oh, yeah. ...knows what he's fucking at and Big just time. didn't, you know, wax lyrical in the interview, like, yeah, you know? this is it, this is it. Um, but then again, there's nothing to say that if you're, if you've been homeschooled, there's nothing to stop you from going and getting a degree, Oh, you know, big kind of time, way. big time, yeah. What yeah. way does that work, though? If, you, if you're if you going to homeschool your kid, does your kid do the leaving cert? Oh, you, you know, can do, yeah. You need a certain amount of points to get into um, college, say. Yeah, for sure. But for if you've sure. been homeschooled, do you, you sit the leaving, do you? Or uh, I'm sure there's, there's many different approaches. I think once you kind of, you'll obviously be... You know, there'll be the the county nurse and Tusla be involved. You know, they're gonna make sure your kids can read and write. But I think once it gets past that stage, it's very much you know. If if you put them in the school system, you know, the miss X amount of days is gonna be knocks on the door. But I think it's very much left up to yourself once. You know, they're past the reading and writing and sta- stage. It's it's very much left in your own hands. Then after that, um. So, 
yeah, I suppose you want them sitting the junior certain even sir, if that's the route they want to take. Um, again, though, you know, there's a lot of universities say um, you want to do architecture. There's infinitely more points allotted for the interview. I think a lot of the kind of the the a lot of courses would be like that you know what i mean it's it's more how you present yourself on the day like uh what books have you read uh, do, do you know you'd be judged to be maybe you know it's 600 points to get into this course but there's you know 400 points for the, the aptitude test and the interview all broken down so i think there's there's always ways around around getting into there's you know there's the standard route the ceo everything else but there, there's always different ways of getting in um oh, but without a doubt and i mean if, if you've written a paper or if you've made some sort of discovery or you've done anything that shows that your body of knowledge is sufficient to do a role, you could see how you'd be actually sought after by a particular employer. Oh, yeah, yeah, for Now, sure. again, look, if you want your kid to be just the kind of same as everybody else and have all their routes mapped out for them for life, you know, send them through school. If you want them to have different options, do it at home. And there's a, there's a bit of both, like, do you know that kind of way? Mm, I think it's changed. I only read an article recently, I think it was... Uh, Simon Harris or someone saying we need to drop the snobby attitude of college being the only way to progress in life and I think it's it's like the world is changing it's shifting it's it's a technological revolution we're going through now and people don't know what's going to happen next so like all these old pathways you know that they're not as concrete as the ones were oh that's all up in the the air the job for life is gone there yeah. is a, what, what, maybe a few council jobs here and there, but I mean, the idea of a job for life, I don't know, if you work in Tara Mines maybe or something, um, that seems to be gone by the wayside at zero hour contracts now. That's the reality. I think kids are coddled from that as well. Like to think, go through school, go through college, and there's this very definite route to success, and then when they hit whatever. 22 they're fucking you know they're at the top of their the academic sphere and then the next day they're looking for a job in costa um, yeah yeah without a doubt uh, that's the reality um but it's that and I, you mentioned him earlier george carl i think he has a couple of bits on this idea of you know you you go into you into school and you sit down and you're you know you're junior infants senior infants first class through to six then you go into secondary school and it's you know junior cert and leaving cert and then it's there's always the next stage yeah, so you, yeah. you finish college you get your degree you get the job mm-hmm. and then you're in the job and then you get the promotion mm-hmm. and then and you're always you're kind of re- perpetually reaching and reaching and reaching and reaching and reaching and you know this idea of saving for retirement and then you know yeah. boom you're dead and that's <laughs> fucking the end of you like yeah, it's all in the journey, I suppose. It's not. It's not the destination. Like, no, it's, it's absolutely. All in the journey. Um, but it, it's funny what you're saying there about the change in. Like, so, my parents would have grown up in a time whereby if you got a good education and you got a degree, you were more or less guaranteed that job for life. Mm, and mm. I think the notion of that is still there, but the reality <laughs> of it isn't isn't there. Yeah, big Do you know that kind of way? Big time. Um, for sure. Yeah, the notion is. is very much alive but 
um, just look around. They just because you have a degree, everybody got a degree. So therefore, you know, it's a capitalist thing we're in. If everyone has one, they start becoming less and less valuable, and that's that's what's happening. Like, well, look, a degree isn't worth much these days. I mean, no, when, again, if my PhD parents, or, master's, PhD, mm, two degrees, maybe mm, whatever it is. The more people that go for that, you know, the, the less valuable they become. Then yeah. as well, and um, then you obviously produce. Uh, an industry out of schooling so you get organizations that are called degree mills no oh, yeah they're just yeah, you know yeah. they'll accept anyone mm-hmm. they'll more or less give everyone a passing grade just so they can justify what they've charged mm-hmm. them for doing mm-hmm. and what they're left with is worse than a meaningless degree they're left with a meaningless degree and a feeling that they have achieved they've achieved yeah, something yeah an ego inflation <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah. yeah you know a letter after the name or whatever it is yeah and look it's it's getting stranger and stranger but today i was reading um sorry it's a youtube clip i forget the lady's name it's the highest quality content i've seen in a long time there's some uh solicitor and she's talking about Oh, I sent you the link to it. Um, the mature minors been able to. Oh Jesus, do... mature minors! I know, such an oxymoron. Um, I think I, I you sent me the link to something. I can't remember who it was, what it was about, but that was in it. That this idea of mature minors. It was in what? What was it in relation to? Was it making medical decisions for themselves? So the doctor can come into the primary school now and ask your five-year-old, "Do they want a vaccine?" And if your five-year-old said, "Yes, I do want a vaccine," provided they're a mature minor. Oh, oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, leave it up to them to make the definitions, and yeah, they, they can. I don't know, give give your child can decide what what medical treatments they should or shouldn't have. And it's funny, it's not it used to be to send a letter home to the folks and you'd need to sign the piece of paper so it was the parents' consent, but now it's the opposite. You'll explicitly have to tell them, No, my child doesn't make them decisions for myself. So if you don't send that fucking letter, you know, your own written letter into that school, then you the new consensus is that children can make fucking whether they should take a medical treatment into their own hands and that the, they decide it's, it's it's insanity. I don't I don't understand that at all. I remember watching what you sent me on and then sending you a text message back just in inverted commas, just mature minors, uh, and you reply. It just it it didn't it didn't sit with me well at all, and that's why I sent it on to you. And then your reply just fucking pushed me over the edge. It was like sounds like something a paedophile would say. Yeah. But there is like you know, but she, he was a mature minor. You know, your honour. No. Like, but that's where words can be kind of squirrely and word like like what's a mature minor? I mean, as you said yourself, it's if if there ever was an oxymoron, like yeah, it's, it's strange, it's strange. Um, at the same time, you know, we're we're teaching five year olds that a boy can be born with a girl's brain, a girl can be boy born with a boy's brain, and it's a new sex education. It's Oh look! Here comes all the right wing fucking fundamentalist <laughs> Christian spiel. Let it, let it all out, Mark. Let it all out. You're in a safe space here. <laughs> um, yeah, look at it. Uh, it's 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 very confusing times. I would not like to be a child growing up in it. Um, you know, the, the the same person who's teaching you one plus one equals two. 
is telling you there's no such thing as gender you you could be a boy trapped in a girl's body or you could be a girl trapped in a boy's body how the how confusing is that like you don't i thought it was (laughs) spider-man what happened to just being francis yeah (laughs) that could be with an is or an es depends on what you're feeling but um and look, and not not to belittle the, the, the trans community or anything like that, um, but yeah, it's it's confusing enough being a kid growing up without <laughs> adding more confusion, and then you know they're they're coming in with a whatever drug they deem is suitable or necessary, and it's been left up to your six year old to decide that. Like it just, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Um, there's new legislation they're drafting up at the minute as well to allow minors uh, legally change their gender. Gender reassignment, I've seen it, as young as 16. Yeah, and they're pushing for younger, pushing for younger. And look, I'm sure there's good reasons for that, or there's a steel man there that, do you know what I mean? There's there's kids who are trans, and, and genuinely, this could be the best piece of legislation that's ever been passed but i think for a vast majority it's gonna just add so much confusion confusion to an already confusing time like yeah we more and more seem to be i don't know what you think of this now but we're making rules for the majority based on minority. on 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 on, and I, on everybody just not minorities but i mean if if you can find a particular part of society that's you know I know the, the, let's say the trans community just to, to keep with the what we were saying you, you find a, a, a tiny percentage of people whereby there's a certain issue and then it gets rolled out across the board mm-hmm. like it, again and again this is a fucking stark comparison but there's some there's some sort of crossover between watching soaps and how that normalizes radical behavior radical behavior <laughs> or maybe not radical behavior but Abnormal. Ab- yeah, again, abnormal. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I don't think either of us are trying to cover up our true feelings, but we're just yeah. trying to be compassionate and fucking empathetic because people do have these conditions. But to just assume that because someone can have this particular thing, that's a new sex education for yeah, everyone. Yeah, it's like, a, it's uh, a it's a bit much. Like. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a, a, a six-year-old boy or girl you know again your teacher's teaching you one plus one equals two and then in the next breath you could be born in the wrong body it's just so confusing and i'm not saying that that you can't be like maybe that's that is what goes on with trans people they genuinely were born in the wrong body that i'm sure that could be that's what's going on that's what they're saying what's going on like tend to believe the patient or not to say there's something medically wrong with them but I believe people's experience number one um but yeah i believe there's a couple of books come out about detransitioners we've been talking about this previously but um it's a canary in the coal mine a lot of the, the kind of trans right activists just don't want to hear of detransitioners but detransitioners are people who have had gender hormones or they've you know had operations to maybe take their breasts off or that kind of thing and um 
they've come out the other side now. It's like me being an ex vegan. It's like and obviously it's a, a different ball game, but um, um, yeah, people who are just struggling with identity, young girls especially who are struggling with identity, and then you know there's this trend of get hormone therapy and it'll answer all your problems, and then turns out it doesn't answer your problems because. Your problem initially, again, this isn't for, you know, there's genuine cases of people being trans, but um, I think there's there's something there where you, you think there's going to be a solution. You're uncomfortable in your skin, and why wouldn't you be? You're a teenager. <laughs> like, I, I was uncomfortable in my skin. Um, yeah, but so, so much of it, you're just, you're looking for meaning, and then you're being sold this this ideology that the hormones could fix it for you and then well it's, it's the fix isn't it that's the main yeah, problem fix it yeah, there's a yeah. there's a you know we have the solution to that like mm. here's your here's your problem we've we've looked it up in the DSM mm. and mm. we've diagnosed you with whatever it is and this is the the fix mm. so mm. relax you know take a deep breath mm. We found the problem, and we're going to rectify yeah. it for you. And don't worry, there's 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 no negative consequences to taking hormones, don't you know? You could, it's completely reversible. <laughs> N- nonsense! Telling people that they could stop their puberty and that everything will be okay if you decide ten years later. Shit, I I shouldn't have done that. Um, or maybe not shit, I shouldn't have done that. But you know what I needed was to be able to accept myself for who I am and then I was sold this 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 medical not a lie but you know I was sold one story and then that's what I bought into I believe on the detransitioner book a lot of the girls who detransitioned would have been the same girls that would suffer with bulimia or anorexia again it's people who are just just uncomfortable with who they are and they think some external fix is gonna solve solve an internal spiritual crisis like um yeah, it's very very confusing when the, the same person who teaches you one plus one equals two is also teaching you that you might be in the wrong body. It's just it's it's very confusing, very confusing. And then at the same time, the doctor's coming in telling you, mm, "Would you like this drug or that drug?" It's, it's it's entirely up to yourself now, young Timmy. Just I don't I don't know. But it's from the adults. All it's it obviously starts with the adults because the kids are just obviously purely innocent to it all. But you see adults and they're not happy with themselves, so they, they, I suppose, fill that void with consumerism in a lot of senses. And I think antidepressants are a form... There's, there's a form of consumerism there, you know, this idea that you, 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 you're, you're buying them, even if they're fucking... If you find them or they're giving to you free, but you're, you're, t- you're, you're putting them into you to make yourself fuller in some sense. Do you know that kind of way we... Instead of tackling with root possible even possible root causes like my understanding of going into a gp and telling him that you know you're low on energy you're you're always in bad humor you can't seem to you've no enjoyment in life you're hopelessness you have a bit of suicidal ideation you say any number of those things to a gp and it's the antidepressant for you Mm -hmm. there's no mention of you know 
what's your relationship like with your parents? What's mm, your relationship mm, like with your brothers and sisters? Mm, Do you have any kind of community involvement? Have you got a, a job that you doesn't kill your soul every time you walk into the place? Mm. There's 101 different things aside from just the the symptoms. Yeah, like, big, kind of time, big time. I think we like uh, suppressing symptoms rather than going after, you know, actual the cause of what's going on. Um uh, there's something I heard recently it's Dr. Thomas Az kind of a long term critic of psychiatry a psychiatrist himself but um, long term critic uh, he wrote The Myth of Mental Illness it's quite would recommend everybody read it um, give us the, the gist of it there because you introduced him to me only recently but again just to give people the gist of, of what it was that he He'd be quite a libertarian character, so his his main thing was he noticed that there's no other medical profession that can lock people up. And he's come from the States, so I guess our, our system's slightly different. But, um, you know, you could say you're suicidal and then you can be put into an institution against your will. Um, so he'd be quite a libertarian, you know, he'd be pro-euthanasia, pro drugs legalization he'd be very much a libertarian at heart but um his whole shtick basically on the, the myth of mental illness is that it's 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 quasi a religion it's it's um sorry try not to butcher it too much um, no you're gonna do, just the sentiment is fine like you know um basically that all therapy is should be it should never be coerced it should be you, you, you know, so something like psychotherapy, you'd be very much not in support of the state paying for it. If you want to go and get psychotherapy, you go and pay out your own pocket and that's fine. And, you know, you'd be a big proponent of psychotherapy. Um, but when it becomes a state-run thing where they can institutionalize you, label you this or that, and then you're just put in that box, um, it's very hard to break out of it. Um, yeah, you get labelled whatever it is. Oh, yeah, you're here. depressant, bipolar, schizophrenic, whatever exactly. whatever label that they have. There's a list of drugs to treat you with. with. Um, yeah, one of his things was basically it all stems in conflict. That's what made me think of it. What you were saying there, like how how's your relationship with your your partner, your mother or father, or brothers or sisters, or just your kind of external your community in a broader sense um and he'd put down kind of all mental illness is conflict simple as like it's it's conflict of some description um the idea being that it can be resolved yes 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 exactly and you might need pharmacological solutions for it like um not that you know not to say that you shouldn't but uh very often there's 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 simple things can be the hard things you know what i mean that's resolving that tension between your partner could be the exact thing that you you know what i mean it it could be very simple in one sense and then the hardest thing in the world to bridge that that subject or you know to start talking about it's just a whole nest of snakes like yeah what what do you want do you want to go home and you know have do you want to go home and just go through the motions like mm-hmm. you always do mm-hmm. and go to bed and everything's fine and wake up the next morning and kind of go through the same Repeat. thing and everything's grand and yeah, everything's fine? 
or do you want to go home and essentially cause a row mm, 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 mm. which is what needs to happen you, you need to say you know you're open. drinking too much you're not playing with the kids enough you're yeah, you know yeah. you have to address whatever these things are but we don't address them because it's just like oh kind of anything for an easy life in that kind of <laughs> yeah, way just yeah. maybe not today or I'll deal with that in the future and I think we're, we're very much sold that generally speaking you know convenience is is good oh yeah if you can't sleep then just take a sleeping tablet what's yes. the problem let's say no if you're not sleeping that's a symptom of a much deeper issue yeah it's not much. the problem isn't that you can't sleep yeah. the problem is there's something that's stopping you it's from sleeping, sleeping. <laughs> big time big time but sure take the sleeping tablet you'll be grand <laughs> and look at you know there's there's people have to be responsible for themselves as well i mean um i suppose to steal man the GP like you're coming in saying I can't sleep is it really his job to say well how's your relationship with your co-workers or your family or do you know what I mean you're coming in telling me you can't sleep here's a sleeping tablet yeah do you know what I mean up to you then to... I, I believe a, a, a recurring trend and a more ever more common trend is for I think this is more so in the states because they advertise drugs in a way that we don't but I think what the GPs in the states are coming up against is not only are people coming in saying I can't sleep give me something that will make me sleep they're coming in and saying I can't sleep I want emoxaprop whatever so they're they're literally asking for what they've seen on the ad because yeah. you know the ad had that happy guy yeah, yeah. with his hot wife <laughs> and his smart kids and he was taking Ropoptopol so I need some of that well but that's it like yeah, I mean yeah, we love our quick fixes a too, big time though but I mean to, to me uh, a homeschooling for want of a better term or even even if this was incorporated into school because you're are we is school beyond fixing? Probably wouldn't. Probably within a quick enough time frame for your kids to get there. Like you're not going to solve the education problem mm-hmm. by the time you have a kid that's of of, yeah. of, of schooling age. But if you could in- incorporate in the current education system, just an awareness to advertising. If the, if you just did that as mm-hmm. as a start, so mm-hmm. you've got maths, English, Irish, history, geography, you've got, and whatever other subjects you're going to do, throw in an awareness of the con of advertising basically because mm. something like that I think could go a very long way in even for adults yeah I think that's what kids. literature is for do you know what I mean it's if you want to know about human experience read Shakespeare there's no amount of school and that's going to give you what Shakespeare gives you in fucking in 600 pages do you know what I mean there's there's classic literature there and they're classics for a reason because they resonate deeply deeply as deep as it gets like the, the goes through every emotion that a human could have because i mean we're basically the same being as we have been for for as long as we've been around like it's we still love hate fear it's it's yeah, there's no new emotions. No, no, no. It might be a different manifestation, do you know what I mean? We didn't have iPads or, you know, we don't have a wolf chasing us now, but we've got an iPad on the kitchen table. So, you know, the, the threats change, the dangers change, but the, the emotions are still the same. Um, do we need to recontextualize the likes of Shakespeare, though? Do you know, do, can, uh, we, can, we, can we swap the sword for the Uzi? you know yeah, without yeah, yeah, dumbing it down sure. kind of too much like. for sure and even the D-Dow and did her you know well yeah I mean? Shakespeare's probably not the best example yeah yeah um, um, 
Jay, you know, the, the, the language itself could be modernized. But yeah, but even the, the characters themselves, and I, people do do kind of modern interpretations of it, you know what I mean? Romeo and Juliet, there's endless amounts of different screenplays and different movies adapted on it. Um, I think fundamentally, there's, there's, the stories are still the same. Like our story arcs are still the same. We, we start, middle, and end. There's, you know, there's a guy starts out at one point, and then something devastating happens, and then he goes on a journey and he builds himself up into something bigger and better. And we we love these stories. We love hearing of someone struggled and then they they got the better of it. And you know, with a boring stories where you know nothing happens. It's just a flat line the whole way through. And I think that's kind of to a large extent when we're in the kind of mechanised living in our shoes all the time <laughs> it's, it's like a flat line nothing ever changes we kind of we're in our 21 degrees Celsius home and then we get into our car it's heated and then we go into our office block and it's heated I mean the oh, temperature yeah. doesn't even change yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you've lumber support in your chair and you've got this and you've got that and yeah it's just a, it's a flat line it's a boring story and then we start getting fed up like and I'm we're calling out oh I can't sleep or I'm feeling depressed and it's it's just all too easy to think I'm broken and I need a drug to fix it it's like no there's there's something deeper there there's you go running in your bare feet and see how you feel or whatever that's not for everyone but you know when did you last I love your thing of when did you last hop a gate like yeah so, yeah yeah or wear a pink t-shirt have you tried pink t-shirts <laughs> like it's, again it's, it's not find something that you like doing and fucking do that and see how you feel after a week and you know it's the hardest thing in the world when you're depressed to, do something new ah uh, look it's, it's easy for me having been to dark places to kind of look back and, and say oh why didn't I do this and why didn't I do that when you're so fucking wrapped up in it you just yeah, you, you can't, it is all consuming you can't see anything you can't see anything by it but the beauty of this of my platform here saying the conversations that I'm having with you and, and, and other people is that it might just give somebody a window into feeling okay with the fact that they don't either like themselves or like the life that they're in. I think a lot of people these days, the more mechanized our society becomes and the more kind of rigid and the bigger the gap between is, the bigger the gap is between say rich and poor, the more of that goes on, the less people feel kind of comfortable with themselves Mm. and what they realize or what they don't realize is they're fine. They're in a sick society, Mm. but they don't, Mm conceptualize it that way they conceptualize it as society is grand and i'm not getting on within the society therefore there's something wrong with me mm. and i think there's 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 validity in that as well instead of i was projecting outward like oh it's the world that's fucked and the, you know it's i'm i'm fine everybody else has a problem there's a you know there's that's not a great attitude either. no no like, not at all very often if the whole world's looks like shit and you feel like shit start at home first you know what I mean that's the thing you can't actually change you know you can't you can't you know I, I, don't, I don't like to belittle people's efforts but you know what I mean if the jungle's on fire there's very little you can do about that you know what I mean but if your kitchen's a mess yeah, you can clean the dishes like, do you know what I mean start off small and try to 
build up from there. And again, it's just it's the hardest thing to do if you are in a hole. Like it's 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 you know it's just very hard to 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 try and dig yourself out of it. But um, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And I suppose when you are, when life is that kind of. I don't know, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit, you know what I mean? If you haven't gone for a run since you were 10, like, that's going to do something dramatic, like, um, compared to if you've been running every day for the last two years, that's just just a run, like, it's normal. They're not the same thing. Mm, mm, Again, mm. it's like setting, setting. Yes. You know, you have to, as you were saying, perfect analogy, so a run to me is going to be a very different experience for a run for, as you say, somebody who hasn't ran in God knows how many years. Yeah, yeah. That's um that's what I love again the training with yourself and the lads. Like that I associate that with being a child, wrestling with other guys or gals, whatever. Like that that brings me back to being a six year old having fights with your older mm-hmm. brothers or we were doing siblings. flying knees last night. Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> absolutely great crack. And it's a polar opposite of what I'd normally be into, like fighting just I don't want to get in a fight. <laughs> I wanna... but, but again you you had this idea, you had a, a notion of what fighting is. Oh yeah. Like Macho no men trying to prove who's got the bigger dick like, yeah but, uh, yeah not uh do you know a martial art like it's 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 deep as it gets like and look it's not for everyone either um but i wouldn't have thought it was for me at all and i love it like i absolutely love it just wrestling with dudes you barely know like when do you have well it depends on what you're into i was gonna say <laughs> when, when do you normally have a guy's crotch like in your face and it does doesn't i'm not fucking selling it well here at all, but, but no there's something to it like there really is just that just again you're in the moment because there's a guy there that's trying to do his damnness to choke you unconscious. <laughs> yeah, but You're, but in a in a in a in a, a counterintuitively very safe way. Big time, big time, and there's nothing but support and love from them. Like it's just you don't connect with other humans like that in the office. Could you imagine? Oh, we just have a quick little roll around on the floor here. Oh, just you get fucking. You end up getting done for sexual harassment if big you, time, big you know time. did one hundredth of the contact that we do yeah right, you know? yeah and it could be two willing participants you've offended somebody else in the yeah, office yeah, or something yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I think we need back to basics like just when did you last wrestle with another human yeah. I think if you're in a relationship you're kind of constantly wrestling with each other in a more kind of psychological sense maybe or you're you're ignoring that side of things where you're not wrestling with one another and it's just all 20 years later you turn around and you're looking at the person like who are you i don't know you yeah how did we end up here like yeah 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 i don't even know myself yeah who you're just some alien creature i'm looking at now because you're kind of ignoring how weird we are like it's just that need to normalize everything everything is just normal it's normal it's normal it's like no yeah. it's not normal <laughs> but there, there's a there's an internal dialogue i think with most people that you know i'm normal i'm normal i'm normal do you know that kind of way that's a tyranny like it's yeah a tyranny and to step of outside normal. of that normal is to be abnormal and that's bad, bad. Yeah. don't want that like, don't want to stand out in any way shape or form uh, just conformity yeah i, I think you 
you can't take reality as a, a formality. Like, you know what I mean? This is a it's a it's a unique experience. You can't me. take you can't take normality because re- you can't take re- reality as a formality. As a formality, yeah. I'm stealing that from someone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll quote you on that yeah. from now on. That's a good one. Yeah, I think we do. We do it so often. Like we think this thing is just. You take it for granted, like it's of course this is this is just life, like <laughs> it's, oh wait a minute, yeah. what's going on here? Like what what are we doing here? What's what's the meaning on of all of it? And lots of people have different answers to that, like you know, you can go religious, you can go nihilistic, you can go you know communistic or socialistic or capitalistic. Like, a lot of people have a lot of ideas, like but fundamentally, no one has a clue <laughs> what's going on, like. <laughs> the question if is if there's a camp which one do you best fit into do you think or oh, not a clue <laughs> <laughs> there's camps uh, but you know like would you like what you're generally speaking would you be more of a capitalist or more of a socialist they're, they're the two kind of big ones uh, yeah, right wing left wing kind of dichotomy I don't know there's a there's an inner Marxist in me, there's an inner Adam Smith in me, there's an inner atheist, there's a inner devout Catholic, like there's there's all sorts in here that I'm completely unaware of for the best part. Like um just the totality of yourself. Like nobody knows how how deep that goes. Like we're we're, we're way more complicated than we'll ever know. Ever know. Um it's it's a lot to to, to try to come to terms with then as well. It's it's terrifying really. Like it's you, you take a handful of any psychedelic and you'll know all about how little we know about ourselves. Like it's 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 fascinating. It's fascinating. It's just it's endless, endlessly endless. Um, so yeah, I think the I forget who said it. The unexamined life is some worth living. Might be very much in that camp. Anyhow, if that's a camp, I don't know. Oh, very much so. Yeah, uh, just a an eternal student. Yes, be an eternal yes, student. Yes. Like never, never think that you you know enough. Now, there's I suppose that there's an extreme version of that. You don't want to be kind of doe-eyed and oh the world oh, is wonderful yeah, and there's yeah, so much to learn yeah. without ever actually kind of concretizing like you need some sort of a belief structure you need to know the difference between right and wrong it's always open for in, in interpretation mm-hmm. and re-evaluation perpetually but you have to you have to stand for something. Yes. In that kind of way, you yes. can't be just... Well, you can't be nihilistic if you like, but I don't know, most nihilists I've met aren't fucking the happiest individuals. No, they like. don't tend to be great crack. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's like, teach their own, teach their own. Maybe it is a kaleidoscopic jumble that we all fucking with our primitive minds like to extract meaning from and our feeble attempt to make ourselves okay with death. Um... But you know, there's there's a more positive spin on things. Like, and maybe it is the rose tinted glasses, but I'm I'm enjoying my rose tinted glasses. Don't you dare take them off! Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And just when you mentioned death day, you reminded me of something I think I've said to you before. Um, I recently learned that Aldous Huxley took LSD in his deathbed, and I kind of thought to myself, "Fucking hell, that's that's class." Because there's another quote I think you gave me about it. The psychedelics being a bridge to the afterlife. Was that you? Oh, or you someone else. Stamets said about it, fungus specifically, and not just psychedelics, but just mushrooms, 
generally are the bridge between life and death. Um, which, yeah, in a very physical sense, that's what they do. They recycle dead wood and turn it back into living soil, which the trees grow out of. So they, in that sense, they very much are. You can see it with your eyes. They are a bridge between life and death. But then you eat a handful of the right ones. <laughs> They're a different sort of bridge. Into yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. But when I heard that Aldous Huxley had taken LSD, I kind of went, oh, Jesus, that's a that's a good move. You know, if you're if you're dying, you know, you know, you know, you're you're literally you're on your deathbed. You know, you're going to die. You know, let's say you're not going to make it through the night. Take you know a load of psilocybin or a load of LSD or whatever your your psychedelic is. And when I heard that he had done that, I was like, oh Jesus, he, that's it. Just it seemed like a great idea. But the second I said it to you, your knee jerk was you'd instantaneously reply back saying, oh God, I don't know about that. I I think I'd like to be sober. Mm. for that transition mm. whatever that transition is mm. now I'm obviously you know gliding over the fact that you might be in terrible pain and oh, might need yeah. to be drugged up to your eyeballs you know yeah, you mightn't even have a choice in the matter exactly like, yeah. yeah you could yeah. be in a, 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 a stupor or a pain induced stupor and you could be just given morphine mm. because you know mm. of course you're going to be given morphine like that's mm. just the way it is mm. but it was a it was an eye opening one for me that you'd want to be sober transitioning over I, I, I don't know it's just something I'd never really thought of before mm. I never really contemplated my own my own death it's coming <laughs> <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert <laughs> I've still never seen a great t-shirt before spoiler alert everybody dies it's just like I'm not, not in a nihilistic way like I, I, I see it as hopeful like it's it's you wouldn't know the value of life if there is no death at the end, like you know what I mean? It's it's life implies death as front as to back. It's probably out of the, the Alan Watts handbook, but um I think there's you learn a lot through oppositional forces. So you can't you can't have life without death. Like yeah, there there's is, no happiness without sadness. Exactly. You know, exactly. There's a flip side to everything. Um and you know, not you don't want to frame everything in a dualistic sense, but um, I think there's a lot of learning to be done there. Um, when you see you see certain things employ other things, um, don't you can't you can't affront without back. I love that. It's a very visual representation of what we're talking about. Have you seen it? it's like an Einstein cut out into a sheet of paper? It's like a three D version i think it's on concave and convex it's like an image of einstein's face vaguely yeah what does it turn into when you look at it from a different angle or your your eyes can't see so say it's concave on one side like it's it's coming towards you and you have the, the wrong way around and then convex so it's 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 flipped around it's very hard to describe but uh maybe it's like a, it's like an einstein mask Yes, it could be any image, but uh, yes. uh, this is of Einstein, and it's yeah, like an Einstein mask, exactly. But um, your eye can't tell the difference when it's turned around in front of you. Your eyes want to see it concave all the time. Yeah, actually can't see as soon. It's funny. There's like a turning point where it's looking like it's coming out towards you, it's coming out towards you, and then you can see no, 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 that's going inwards, not outwards. But then as soon as it's like what would you call it perpendicular to your eyes you just see it as uh yeah as when 3d you, again when it turns the full 180 you're looking at it square on and yeah. it kind of pops 
Big time, big time. And look, there's probably the nihilistic interpretation of that. Of, ah, do you see your feeble attempts to extract meaning out of nonsense? Um, and look, there's, there's an element of truth in that, but... Um, you know, we're, pa- we're pattern-seeing beings. You just have to look up at the clouds and you'll see elephants and yeah, dragons and yeah, all sorts of things that yeah. you should be out your mind. Yeah, and I think, why not let the act of imagination r- run rampant? <laughs> you could say, you have it, you're given, I think we're given it anyway, but... Uh, um, given it? That, oh, would, yeah. that would that would imply somebody was giving it <laughs> doing, to you. Doing the giving. Exactly. Oh, yeah, we'd get very philosophical and esoteric. I don't know, I don't know about all of that, but we, we certainly have an imagination that's... To know everybody does we make a hell out of heaven and a heaven out of hell i love another shakespeare line that always just resonates deeply with me is uh, there's nothing good or bad but thinking makes it so it's all their their, their thoughts or thinking just it, it, everything you look around look around this room everything was born out of thought absolutely everything um it's, it's an amazing faculty to have, but it's, I forget who said it, um, you might need to know it can be a, a faithful servant or a cruel master, um, so yeah, you can really, you can really, you know, just, your, your thinking can elevate you or it can just depress you and keep you down in a hole, so it's, it's, um, yeah, awareness, I suppose, is, is key. Key, being aware of your thoughts, being aware, um, being aware that, you know, very often it's not, there's an act of thinking and then there's a, a past tense thought and very often it's just a thought that's been loaded up, something you, you've coded into yourself or a program that you you're operating off it's like running off a of windows 91 when you could have the you know the brand spanking new vista or whatever it is you know what i mean you're you're operating on old patterns old ways of thinking that you could you could update like you'd update your phone every few minutes but like people don't view their own minds that way i suppose um i think yeah there's lots of practices to get into that sort of stuff then as well but, whatever, breathing or meditations or running in your bare feet or whatever it is, find something you like doing and pursue that because, I mean, there's got to be more than just the rat race. I mean, paying bills is important. You need you need structure, you need routine, but you also need, you know, your, your imagination. You need some creativity. You need to, you know, I think a lot of depression, a lot of that negative stuff is just... <sighs> It's a lack of being able to express yourself, I think, or, you know, or conflict with your loved ones. Um, yeah, I've been spieling on. Say no, 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 man, I'm, 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 all, I'm all ears here. Uh, you actually made me think of something, this idea that, um, so bear with me now, but just building on what you were saying there, I, don't, I think there's something to the idea of giving yourself credit for your depression, because your depression is basically invented in your head Mm, mm. but it's always seen as a negative thing you don't see it as an ability like you know Mm. you you need a certain ability to ruminate and to you know to look into the future negatively or positively Mm, do you know the kind of way like i think people who are capable of or capable or susceptible whichever is the appropriate word 
capable or, or susceptible to becoming really depressed, I think they have an ability to become really happy, for want of a better term, mm-hmm. the opposite, you know, really fulfilled, say. Mm-hmm. But they're just, they're using, they're using a skill that they have, call it their imagination, they're using it to auger themselves into the ground. Mm-hmm. I think they could use that same neurology to, you know, elevate themselves mm-hmm. to a, a, a lofty position. Do you know, kind yeah, of way? yeah, for sure. I think a lot of it's, um, don't, don't, don't fight your, your emotions. If you're feeling shit, go into that. Like, see what it's all about. Just be with it for a moment. Don't try and repress it. Don't smoke a cigarette to try and get over or drink a coffee or put the TV on. Just sit with it and see where it goes. Like, very often, you're fucking experiencing anger. And then once you just think for a second, or maybe not think, just be with it. Just feel it. Don't think it. Just, just feel it very often just dissipates into nothing. Yeah, let go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually another little mantra that came to me running in the bare feet again. It's don't fight it, feel it. Don't fight it, feel it. And kind of, it was a real cold morning. It was freezing cold, actually. Um, it was the first proper frosty morning there with autumn. And then, just so oh, I was that close to just pack it in, just oh fuck this, what am I doing running around in my fucking bare feet for like a weirdo? Um but then it's just yeah, don't fight it, feel it, don't fight it, feel it. And then the way in a hack like just I'm not cold at all, I'm not in pain. It's just just emotions that are cropping up in my head. It's got nothing to do with my feet, like it's just yeah. Just whatever. Embrace it. Big time, big time, big time. I think so. You've you're reminding me there about exposure therapy. Because there's, there's an element of that with what you were saying about, you know, be comfortable, whether it's anger or sadness, you know, explore it. Mm. Because I think a, a big thing with anxiety in particular is we feel anxious about something. So you go to the fridge mm. or you turn on the telly or you mm. put on the radio or you, you change the music you're listening to or you listen to a podcast or you fucking ring a friend of yours or you do all these different <laughs> things to kind of get away from it. And with anxiety in particular, a, a big part of the problem with anxiety is you ignore it. Mm-hmm. You don't sit with it, like you were saying, because I think as part of what's called, I think, exposure therapy is, if you're afraid of, you know, glasses of water, mm-hmm. a way of overcoming that is to be shown a picture of a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, maybe yeah. to see a glass of water at a distance and you get closer and it's the same with your emotions. So if you're mm-hmm. feeling sad, it's the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. If you can expose yourself to these things and realise that, after progressing from looking at the picture to looking at it at a distance, if you can progress to actually picking it up, oh yeah, and maybe even drinking out of it, and realizing then at that point that the sky hasn't fallen, yeah, yeah, you didn't drown. Exactly, you kind of you can you can see a way out. You can see a way past being terrified of glasses of water. Mm. I think it's the same with our emotions. If we're feeling anxious about something, we're sad or terrified. If we just sit with it see where it goes and then realize that oh i didn't have to distract myself mm-hmm. from this thing i could just sit with it it might it probably will be uncomfortable oh big time yeah you know yeah, but that's yeah. it's just i don't know it's um there's an element of bravery involved i suppose you can't be brave it's like the, the duality earlier you can't be brave without being scared big time big time yeah yeah if you do if you do something you're naive you weren't scared of otherwise. Sorry? You're naive otherwise. If you're just brave without knowing why 
you could die or whatever it is. You're just naive. Do you oh, know absolutely. What I mean? yeah. And it's the guy who knows or the gal who knows that, you know, so say like trusting another human being, you know, just, just to trust them because they're by virtue of being another human, you just, you're naive. You need to know that there's rapists and lunatics and murderers and fucking everything in between saints and sinners. And usually they're all wrapped up in the one individual. Um, you, yeah, you're just naive if you're just trusting, but once you kind of, you know, you've been betrayed a few times and, you know, you still extend the olive branch or whatever you want to say, it's, you're not naive anymore, you just, you have a, a trust in humanity or a faith. And you're, like, you're willing to, you're, you're, I suppose, brave enough to face the consequences of it not going according to plan, basically, mm, you're, mm. you're, you're, I suppose, open to failure in a way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it as well, just being especially in any learning you're going to be an idiot the first few times you do anything new like you, you gotta be willing to no to not know what you're doing because that's i think to the largest extent i love that thing of kids what's it under the age of six to, um can all play a game together but none of them individually can articulate the rules of the game that they're playing um, but collectively they know enough to get by and have a great time exactly right? exactly and I think that's that's what we adults are doing as well <laughs> Do but, we, but I mean? we wouldn't though I mean before we before we play a new game you need to tell me the rules yes I need yes. to know where to go where not to go what's mm, good what's bad mm, mm, G- mm. give me all the details <gasps> and I've I've noticed that with people that have tried to get into martial arts or running or sports or just anything um what they'll say is, yeah, I'll go to the jiu-jitsu class or I'll go to the MMA or I'll go train with you down Castlehan or whatever it is, but I want to get fit first. Mm, uh, yeah. And that's avoiding <laughs> the failure. Yeah, You know, they, they want to become yeah. accomplished before they even start. Uh, uh, and, you know, life, I don't know, it's just... It's incremental steps and it's... Oh, very much so, <laughs> yeah. But if you're not willing to go and make a balls or something, mm, good mm. luck getting good at anything. Yeah, uh, And I think yeah. people... I don't know, they, they put too much emphasis on the downside of failure mm. and too little emphasis on the upside of being successful at something. Do you know? Mm. That, does that make sense? <gasps> yeah, I mean, the upside and failure. Do you know, you've learned something. There's never... Yeah, without a doubt. It's, it's all learning. Do you know, I think you learn as much in failure as you will in success. Yeah, like if not more so. Yeah, I love yeah. John Kavanagh's line. I think he uh, entitled his book this, uh, Win or Learn. I love it. Yeah, thought yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, winning just reaffirms what you thought. Because presumably, you wouldn't try and win if you didn't think you were capable of winning. Mm, so mm, you're just, mm. I, I, I'm going to try and win this thing, and then you win it. You know, there's nothing. You knew you had a chance of winning it, and now you've done it, and well done. But if you thought you had a chance of winning it, and you don't win it. <laughs> it kind of raises questions of why didn't you win it? Yeah, and that's where the, the real learning is, I suppose. Big time, big time. Um, yeah, you got you got to put yourself out there. Um, yeah, you're just, again, the, the unexamined life is worth living. Not my, not the way I think, anyhow. It's, um, you're really, you just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange experience. And, you know, there's there's everything. There's, there's there's happy times, there's sad times, there's tragic times. There's you know stuff that's out of your control. There's there's wars, there's famines. There's there's and it's still I still see it as a big 
poem or a cosmic story like it's do you know what I mean the story goes on you might murder the story goes on do you know what I mean there's there's there's, there's, there's it gets as dark as dark can be but then there's always the light at the end of it like there's I think what, what hole you're in there's always a way out um, that idea of duality again I mean you can't have you know, darkness has no meaning without light and vice versa. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I think it's contained nicely in the kind of yin-yang symbol. You have, you know, the, the, the kind of black side with a little tiny bit of white in it and then the white side with the tiny bit of black. So I think that's what we are to a large extent. You know, we could, we could be the most saintly, meditative, blissed-out people, but there's still that bit of darkness in you there somewhere, like, and, and vice versa. You could be the... The worst sinner, the the, the, the murderer, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. But there's still that, there's still that touch of divinity in you as well. There's still that spark. Um, and again, on the opposite side of that, I would like to consider myself as a a, a loving and attentive father and and partner. You know, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but I think I do relatively well. On that side, I'm, I'm compassionate, I'm empathetic. But at the same time, I don't want to lose the side of me that can kick the fuck out of someone if needs yeah, be. Yeah, Do you know what yeah, kind of way? Yeah. So you, you kind of, you need, you need a bit of both, I suppose. Yeah, that's the balance, Dan, isn't it? Like... Oh, without a doubt. You were saying to me, actually, it was a couple of weeks after you started training with me, doing a bit of MMA twice a week. And you said, I think you said it earlier on the podcast, actually, what you liked about it was that it was very much not you yeah yeah oh yeah polar opposite polar opposite yeah, 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 but it's yeah. it's important to develop that so oh something i was missing for sure sorry sorry no no no, no 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 not at all but something you were missing just to, to finish on that point um that, that i'm making by all means continue on it's my podcast people <laughs> <laughs> I fucking cry if i want to uh, but in in you could see how a, a guy who wouldn't i don't know forgive the term wouldn't have that much aggression in them or wouldn't you know see themselves mm. as, a, as, a, as a fighter per se could benefit from it but in the same way somebody who like me who would view myself in that light I need to be I need to work on I need to start a knitting class I don't think knitting is the, the appropriate uh, thing but there's there's certainly something there that I could actually probably work on a little yeah yeah wrap your head around a musical instrument or something or whatever exactly yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, big times it's the, I had the aggression in me it just had no outlet so it's me cracking up at the misses or it's me yeah. fucking you know giving someone shit that oh I'm taller than you so I can probably get away with giving you a bit of shit <laughs> like who knows like but uh or you know you have a few drinks and then it comes out and then fucking you're down to town mounting off to someone that you shouldn't be mounting off to and you know you're, you're full of fucking ego and arrogance and then that fairly soon gets slapped out of you and do you know what I mean you, you say the wrong thing to the wrong person um so I think I reckon you know infinitely more, but I'd imagine people who have a background in martial arts are infinitely less likely to get in a fight oh, to I, someone who has no experience. De- demonstrably so. <laughs> demonstrably so. I mean, it's, 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 it's across all disciplines, boxing, karate, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, whatever, pick your, pick your martial art or, or combination of martial arts you're infinitely less likely to get involved in something. Yeah. And there's, I think there's two, well, there's, it's multifaceted, but one 
I think is if you're competent at unarmed combat and you're comfortable with getting yourself into dangerous predicaments, there's a certain glow of that about you. Mm, mm, So mm. your typical scumbag, say, is less likely to kind of pick on you in the first Mm, place. I exude confidence. I I think so, yeah, as opposed to somebody who's never been in a physical altercation their entire life, maybe they're 30 or 40, Mm, and they've mm, never mm, as much mm. as given someone a firm handshake, never mind Uh, wrestled or tussled with them. You know, they see somebody, some sketchy guy giving them a dirty look, it's ice to the floor. It's like, oh, oh, And that same scumbag... He'll pick up on that. Oh, big time! Yeah. Kind of way, like, like, when was the last time a seven foot four bodybuilder with facial tattoos got started on by some yeah, scumbag? Like, yeah, big just, time. Just doesn't happen. Not gonna happen. Yeah, and like that's I'm, I'm exaggerating to make the point there, but there are people who kind of walk around, I'd and you see, army that. people are like that. Mm-hmm. Navy SEALs tend to be like that. You know, they're, yeah. they're kind of. There's a there's a there's a hardness to them. There's a big time. I don't know. There's just something fucked with. Not to be fucked with, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Oh look, we we can pick up on these things. I mean, there's a reason the lion and the gazelle can all share the water and hole at the same time. It's kind of like, oh, this is this is drinking time. But you know, generally, the the gazelle doesn't need to think. Is that lion gonna start on me? (laughs) Like, it's, it's you're the prey, and that's the predator. And I think. We're a mixture of the two as human beings, but for me, the 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 training has been just just remarkable. Like only out of a few weeks, and as you were saying, the learning curve just goes straight up. Yeah, very much. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. I think that's what kind of puts people off then as well, because it just seems so daunting. But um, it's mad. I was saying to Ali, you came home last night from the train. I said, I'll just pick up the guitar for half an hour. I'm kind of buzzing from the whatever, endorphins and whatever you want to call it. Just, yeah, you're wrestling with man sweat in your face. <laughs> Even, yeah, translated, like, directly. Picked up the guitar, uh, something I was struggling with for the last while, and then just, there it was, fucking, just... F- just no thinking about it. And, like, I put it directly correlated to the wrestling with the lads like yeah, just, it, it almost exercised something in you big time big time it's strange so strange because I not like I don't exercise it would have been one for you know minimal enough but I'd run or do whatever few push ups or that but it's it's different when there's something about it, especially the rolling and the wrestling it's it's Maybe it's just my childhood experiences, but I guess most siblings kind of tussle and tumble around with each other. And if you haven't done that in 25 years, again, give it a go. Yeah. Like. Or if you've only had sisters, or maybe you're an only child, or, you know. Yeah, 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 definitely. Cause, uh, I think, I don't know, it seems like there's a trend of just the more placid are the better the more kind of just agreeable and nice that conformity thing again isn't it like, yeah you're ready for the office fair play to you but like if you've never been threatened once in your life like jesus it's um you know it's millions of years of how we've done things it's just completely removed in a century and it's you're wondering why you're feeling a bit down or <laughs> but you know you're inadequate like uh, it's it's going to express itself and in, in, in a fight with the missus or whatever um you, you need you need adversity in your life like 
Um, and look, again, it's it's people have enough fucking adversity with a nine to five and a mortgage and everything else. You know, adding more on top of it just sounds like insanity to most people. I just want to go home and turn the TV on and turn my mind off, and I like I completely get that. I've been there. Um, but yeah, I'd encourage everyone to throw away their TVs. Like, it's just it's the best thing I've ever done. Just yeah, again, not for everyone, but. Um, it's just too easy to go in that everything's normal, stick on the TV and just oh, yeah. forget about your problems. Um, it's funny, two things that have come to mind. One is when I was in your house there um, a fortnight or so ago and there was a couple of us met up in the house and we went into your, your sitting room, whatever. I was about to call it your TV room. <laughs> uh, we went into your sitting room and we sat down and we were chatting. And there was something about there not being a TV there that made all the seats face each other. Oh, yeah. So we, we by default, yeah. we're all facing each other, yeah. which is the polar opposite of if you have a TV and it's on. It's the every, focal point. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was, yeah. That was the thing. There was no focal point in your yeah, room. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the other people are the focal point. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Heaven, heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> and look at it again as well. So I mean, we're that complicated, and I think we know subconscious. It mightn't be in the, the fore of our mind that we're super complicated, super weird beings, and you know, then talking to somebody else that's not you, it just it could be uncomfortable for people, especially when you're so I mean, nearly reliant on it. Like if if there's radio on in the background when you work, to not have radio is weird. It's yeah. strange, like, you're, what's going on? It's funny, um, same with TV, like, so many people just, it's, oh, I'm not watching TV, it's just on in the background. It's, it's just, it's, it's like a, it's like a baby with a rattle, like, <laughs> you need something, keep you sane, but, uh. It's a distraction, though, isn't it? I think, yeah, you, you just, just let yourself have some space in your mind and I don't know like I'd be I'd be a big enough proponent of meditation I think people have an idea about meditation that it's oh you're just this blissed out character and you can sit back and mum all day long and you'll you'll enjoy that it's not for me me meditation would be the, just the most painful fucking last thing you want to do like just ugh, fucking it's frustrating and again but it's it's sitting with your frustration sitting with the anger sitting with the the envy the jealousy the boredom whatever it is whatever it is just sitting with it and just going oh that's what that is and that's the kind of the, the pictures of pains in my mind like it's 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 fascinating really when you get into it like i think you process it when you sit with it, mm, mm, as a mm. do you know that kind of way, so you, you kind of incorporate it a little, somewhat, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, better than shoving it down and repressing it, or just fucking, I don't know what people do or what I do most of the time. I suppose just get on with it, or you know, don't, don't, don't worry about it too much. Um, and there's merit to that as well. You don't want to be. Do you know what I mean? There's a time for philosophizing and time for meditating. It's probably not when you, you know, need to sow a thousand seeds. In the oh yeah, no, or whatever. whatever it is that you do, absolutely. Um, and again, you know, life, the big wheel turns, the bills have to be paid, you have to go out, you have to earn, you have to, you know, time. all things in moderation, including moderation kind of thing. Mm, mm, um, mm. But you reminded me of something else I was about to tell you. Um, 
yeah, I was in a friend's house recently and I can't remember exactly how it came up, but he said something along the lines of, should we just stick on the telly? And I was like, oh, okay, what, what do you want to watch? And he was like, oh, we'll just stick on whatever's on. Uh, like, oh, I don't know, I just, I heard an echo of an of a previous me that would do that, you know, especially when you're limited to the only five channels that you had access to. You literally sat down, Hop you put on the telly, the and it was whatever was on. Now, at least uh, these days, it's weird, because these days it's kind of slightly better and slightly worse, because now we can really, we can choose from an infinite amount of things, mm, but mm. there's there's an obvious downside of that, uh, always having something that could distract you away from mm. what you're thinking about oh Nef- you know? netflix is getting better and better and better at deciding what you like <laughs> yes absolutely yeah uh, i see that they've, they've switched things up recently i don't know how recent it is now but uh it used to be uh, you know thrillers and you know rom-coms documentaries <laughs> they were the the yeah. subdivisions but now it's it's all to do with mood so are you in the humour for something funny? Yeah, Are you in the humour for yeah. something... Do you, do you know that kind of way? They're kind of almost preying on your emotions no, a little big, bit more. Big time, big time. It's, I think Netflix and Google and these big uh, technological corporations are way more powerful than any government has ever been. Like, I think they're the new forces to be reckoned with. Like, Very much so. And I, it's weird because they're... You know they're they're not contained within a border. They're oh not, no, the most you know, liberal things going. Yeah, like, it's a weird uh, one. Like. Yeah, oh, certainly see um, again, Mister uh, Huxley's Brave New World. Um, so yeah, it looks very much like the we're entering into a big technocracy like it is the technocrats that wield all the power now um be it google or facebook or twitter and as we we were the ones that give these platforms their power like if we weren't on them they have no power um but yeah we have to be careful about what we're feeding like because i think the people running google don't necessarily know what Google is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like the kids not being able to articulate the rules again. Like, I don't, they might have ideas about what they are, and you know, we do no evil, <laughs> whatever else I like to say. They got rid of that, oh, yeah, 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 Such a weird thing to come up with. Maybe not a weird thing to come up with. Yeah, to no do evil, no evil, I don't know, there's something to of, that childish altruism it, it, yeah it is it, there's a childishness too but there's I don't know there's a almost like a like to hear from a, a huge corporation it was kind of refreshing you know, mm, in, a, in a weird way mm, but then to get rid of it it's like <laughs> whoa man like fucking hell we've realised doing no evil is impossible yeah or just maybe not as profitable as well. just yeah. a little bit of evil every so often like you know but yeah yeah no I think the, the technologies we need to be um need to be wary of like don't let your five-year-old just have free run on the internet like it's the wild wild west out there yeah very much so um mad and what i had an appetite for as a 16 year old i would wince now i couldn't watch what i watched as a 14 15 year old little choppy like I'd do you know you watch fucking beheadings and hangings and all sorts and oh yeah give me more of that I suppose you maybe just you don't have enough emotional content or enough experience to kind of to know what it actually means but um, god almighty what I watched 
then would make a soldier blush. Like, it just, it's mad. And I think you, you have, when you're that, maybe it's different with boys and girls, but um, you maybe just don't have the context to know what it means. But, yeah, I think kids having free roam on phones or laptops or whatever it is and whatever i have this filter on i have this parenting control on my arse like <laughs> kids are well fed or more fed than the parents are with the technology very much so and it could be it could be a parental block on it but i mean you can google image porn or maybe not even what did Addy type into google before GF movies, we would watch some fucking illegal streaming site. Probably shouldn't be saying it, but uh, it's <laughs> F movies is the name of the website. If anybody's looking for good free illegal streaming, um, but she there was a G just was on the search bar and GF movies came up instead. It's just a bunch of porn sites, no like, yeah, yeah. And fair enough, a kid mightn't be able to click into it, but there's enough graphic content there to do anybody a lifetime. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, uh, Jesus, it's mad, it's mad. But it's funny because some certain sites that you go on, like even if you go on to I think like the Jemison site, it'll ask you before you go into it, are you over it? <laughs> yeah, I am, yeah, but like. All you have to do is click yes. Yeah. No, they got me again. <laughs> but they might even go one step further and add another level of uh, complication to it and go, what was your date of birth? Yeah. <laughs> it won't let you go through until you hit the right one. Do you know that kind of way? So it's nonsense. Absolutely. It's token bullshit. That, that's oh, without a doubt. That. Without a doubt. We're, we're an ethically responsible company. Uh, we don't want kids drinking but bullshit. It, Where's your new market coming from? Of course, absolutely. <laughs> um, but even on that, and just we, we touched on it a couple of times, this idea of, you know, whether it be the state or God, you know, you get your information, your information comes from on high, mm, whether it's, mm, you know, it's, mm. it's, a, it's an authority figure. Every single time I go to do the shopping and I get to the till at half nine in the morning, it's like, no, you, you can't buy alcohol yet. <laughs> but like, has has it done anything other than inconvenience people? Um, other than remind people that, you know, you'll do what you want when we say it's okay? Yeah, it's bizarre. It's just more the infantilism and the coddling of people. Just... But I think what's worse nearly than the fact that it's happened is the fact that it's happened without anybody really saying anything about it. Oh, should we just would never stop drinking, Frano, if it wasn't for the... I'd be an out-and-out alcoholic if it wasn't for that but restriction like, on me. But what's the, what's the rationale? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't remember times when, like, you know... As soon as the supermarkets opened, the streets were just covered in drunk people. <laughs> do you know what kind of way? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You're there with your weekly shopping and a couple of bottles of wine. Like it's just well, yeah, yeah, I've, you know, the, the, the shopping for two adults and two kids and maybe a bottle of wine and a few beers or whatever. But nope. Yeah, just not you have to wait another bizarre, twenty minutes. I'm sorry. Bizarre, what the fuck? Like? Yeah, but alcoholism doesn't stem from when and where you can't buy it. We've tried to outlaw it, and alcoholism went through the roof. Yeah, of and, uh, not just. Here. We should look at drugs. Yeah, drugs are, like you know, drugs that excluding alcohol say, are illegal for the most part. Yeah, so yeah Especially yeah. Rec- what are classed as recreational drugs. <gasps> you can't get rid of them in a fucking prison. 
<laughs> how are you going to get rid of them in the wider society? Yeah, a big time. Like you, you build a big square block, cover it in fucking chains and bars and perspex and bulletproof glass and guards yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone is assigned a number. They come and go. It's very regimented times. We can't keep the drugs out of these places. <laughs> yeah, our people love drugs. <laughs> the last, yeah, absolutely. Like, all you, the best you can do is damage limitation like inform people educate people i believe like holland has a very young or very low uh cannabis use in the younger population like very low compared to ireland where i can only imagine it's through the roof like certainly was when i was in school oh yeah and that's that's gone i imagine that's just amplified and maybe not i've noticed a lot of people like jogging and stuff a lot more i think there seems to be a bit of more health they could be high as kites here though this is it (laughs) taking a leaf out of my book yeah fair play to them too um but yeah yeah you're never you're never gonna stop humans from taking drugs like that's that's what we like to do so it's just legalize them regulate them and that's the best you can do really you try to shove it under the carpet and just manifest as some other ugly fucking demon of a thing yeah you suppress these things it's, it's like your feelings if you're not sitting with them you're if you're not if you're not sitting with them and processing them you're pushing them down deeper and deeper and they're going to fester big time and manifest themselves in an addiction, whether it's alcoholism or you just having a shit life or anything else either. Big time, big time. I think it's that macro-micro thing again. How we're doing one thing is how we're doing everything. So we're all connected. We're all part of this game together. So we try to ignore aspects of ourselves. We're all doing that collectively. Of course, it's going to manifest as whatever pathologies or fucking illnesses or whatever it might be um yeah can you think of anything that's helped you say in your journey or like with me things got so bad with me i ended up being suicidal and there was that whole thing Mm. um so that was obviously a kind of a turning point being introduced to psychedelics was a turning point you've already said your encounter with psychedelics was a turning point for yourself (laughs) but was there can you think of any other things that I suppose have steered you in the right way or things that you might do differently or like what's you seem to have a very wide interesting topics just kind of generally but you you strike me as somebody and I know this kind of just from from knowing you you've done a lot of work on yourself and I, I can't really I wish I had better words for that <gasps> that you've done a lot of work on yourself but how would you do like my new tits? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You just got them last year. <laughs> you, you strike me as somebody who I don't know. You've just you've changed a lot in your life. Is that fair to say? I yeah yeah. And I look at it. No, I'd probably be eating half the words I've said today. I'd be eating them in a few years as soon as I have kids or whatever. But uh, I'm not even too sure what I've said already. Um, yeah. I suppose the literature, I think good, good, solid literature has really helped me. Um, There's just endless amounts of wisdom there to tap into. Again, because the stories are as old as it gets. Like, the guy who was struggling a thousand years ago was just like you struggling now, so... If I was giving advice to my younger self or when I have kids, it'd be, you know, read, read 
and it's, it's so often it's just being pointed in the right direction. Um, you know, there's endless amount of things that you'd be reading, but as well as finding things that resonate resonates with you, kind of whatever stage you're in your life is also helpful. But I mean, it, it, definitely there's there's Shakespeare, Dostoevsky. You just get get your teeth into some of the the kind of classic stuff that our kind of civilization was built on the bible for god's sake how many people read that for themselves most catholics would maybe the protestants do a bit more of it um there's literature there that have built the world around us and yeah you can really get insights into human emotions and behaviors and kind of just a bit more self-awareness um is there a good starting point for literature um, when, when i like I, I could name you half a dozen authors and 20 plus books none of which i've ever read so i kind of I, I know that's there and i know the value to it but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I've never, I've never done it myself. I've never been much of a reader. Maybe that's something I have to maybe get over. But audiobooks start for oh, me. Co- yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, just, yeah. I can't. Like I, I love when I do give myself the bit of time and space to kind of sit down and read a book. It's great. But um, I'd be kind of sometimes I can't. It's like the meditating thing. It's like I can't. I just I don't want to sit or even taking a bath. It's like oh, I could be doing something useful. Like I'm gonna sit here and hot water for a half an hour feeling uncomfortable I could be in the bath or <laughs> meditating or whatever a mixture of all of it at once um, um, I lost my train of thought um, oh yeah where, where to start um, if I suppose find whatever you're interested in pursue it out and see where it goes um, and just that is hardly nearly 8 billion of us on the planet so there's there's someone interested in what you're interested in, so um, pursue that. Um, Do you write at all? No, no, shame, shamefully, don't, don't, don't write as much as I, as I should. I was there, it was great for a while, kind of keeping a track of dreams, a bit of a dream journal. I need to get back into that because you have the most profoundest moments in, in the dream world and... Uh, you know, when you wake up, it's just forget about that and get on with get on with the the reality um, instead of sitting with it, say, and trying to digest it and process yeah, it. Yeah, big time. Was uh, yeah, your dreams can communicate. I don't know. I hate that idea of it's just a dream. It's uh, yeah, it's like just myth. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is this is where some of the the greatest insights have come from. It is where geniuses get their ideas. Uh, I believe. I think it was Mr. Young, I think it was, anyhow, he'd fall asleep with a, in his chair, he'd fall asleep with like a weight in his hand, so when he went properly asleep, he'd drop the weight, and that would wake him up, the noise of the weight hitting the floor, and he came up with some profound ideas just in that kind of dreamlike state, and then snapping right back out of it, and writing down immediately everything that comes to mind, um... Because I think there, there's so much there in the act of imagination. If we tap into one percent of that, we'd be we'd be doing well for ourselves. So I think the depression is created by your own imagination, and I think that's that's the hard thing about it. Like it's your own imagination that gets you back out of it. So you know the thing that's putting you in there is the thing to pull you back out. So it's it's it's, it's convoluted. <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult to. Try and get your head around it. Um, 
wegen Habe, keine Ahnung, try to grab oder try to just sit oder be oder don't fight it. Um, try and feel these things as much as you can and try to articulate them maybe or get them down on paper like you're saying, write them down. I think a dream journalist, I'd recommend everyone do that. I know I'm recommending that I haven't done it in years myself, but um yeah, that's a great window into kind of just your own imagination for sure. Um, and very often the solutions to the problems in your life are all there wrapped up in a little what seems like a meaningless symbol or something that your 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 dream has communicated to you but you're too rational and too wrapped up in your nine to five to even pay attention to that you spend a third of your life sleeping and i mean you should if you're a healthy human you should be getting your eight hours of sleep a day and to just dismiss that as fucking i don't know lunacy or just you go temporarily schizophrenic for a while and and you come back to this thing and this is the real thing no i spend a third of my life there that's pretty real like um, it warrants a certain amount of investigation yeah maybe maybe not devoting your life to it but you know there's there's a a midpoint between devoting your life to something and completely ignoring it yeah big time (laughs) big time yeah i wouldn't be telling everybody should start lucid dreaming and spend most of their time doing that it's interesting stuff um but certainly not for everyone either but it's give it a little thought it only has to be 10 minutes in the morning just even the first three minutes in the morning as soon as you wake up what what was i just dreaming about and yeah you don't have to make sense of it before you get up with the kids or go out the door to work just jot it down (laughs) yeah yeah and it can be so glaringly obvious it's only when you say it out loud to somebody else i find is powerful um it becomes so obvious. Otherwise, it's just kind of meaningless nonsense. But I had something glaringly obvious. I was only when I articulated it, it was just so obvious. Uh, I, was, I was telling a friend of mine, I was going, oh, I dreamed last night. It was like on a spiral staircase. And I was going down. And there was just this monster, this demon following me down, 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 deeper and deeper. I was getting smaller. The monster's getting bigger. And then he just turns around, oh, downward spiral. Yeah, it was a downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, nah, but that's your, my own mind, my own imagination trying to tell me your life is going in a downward spiral. There's things chasing you that you're not interacting with. You're getting less capable of facing them challenges and the challenges are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And and the, dream. Fur- the further you go down, the more of an uphill struggle it's going to be because the thing that was chasing that chasing you not only has it gotten bigger, you've gotten smaller and you're further down. Way you've got a down. further journey to, to try and get back up big to that. Big time, big time. And so I think sometimes it doesn't even work like that. Sometimes it's just, you know, heaven and hell are there. Just you can tap into it. There's no, I think in, in your psychology, there's no time. Like you can't oh, I'm going to be good tomorrow, or oh, I was bad today, I'll, I'll plan in the future, I'll be better, it's it's all now, it's just, you can change your attitude in an instant, like it happened to me with the veganism, I just, no, can't eat animals, that's a switch, turned off in the head, and then, I'd never even finished that story, but yeah, that, that switch, whatever, flipped, <laughs> it flipped back the other way, people, and the fucking, every so often, maybe two, three times a year, 
it was actually the first time I think it was the first time I had it was my friend's wedding and um, you know we weren't oh we're the vegetarians or blah blah and there's options and the options are getting better and better it's great um, but yeah I had a steak for the first time in five years and fucking so be it like it's probably a factory farm cow and fucking this and a crew and this and that awful but that's the world we're living in I suppose Um yeah, sorry. No, no, no. You're glad you, you, you know, you, you finished your point perfectly. And I think there's there's something to that about kind of you don't have to go all in on everything. Mm, Do you know mm, what kind of way? Mm. Like the, the, it's it's okay to it's okay to do a little of a bad thing every so often. Like you, mm. you, you know, if if you try and make a saint out of yourself, you're just going to end up hating yourself yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know you, you drive down the road. You don't want to be worrying about all the ants that you ran over. Yeah, big time, kind of way. Big time. But at the same time, you don't want to be driving around aimlessly and just polluting the place either. Like, yeah. you know, rabbit drive faster. There's middle ground. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know, like. Yeah. Just because you're you're not a vegan doesn't mean that you eat meat ten times a day. Oh, like, I massively cut down my meat intake of late, and uh, as part of just kind of sorting out my diet, what I found is the first thing I did was I gave up sugar in the coffee, and about a month into giving up sugar in my coffee, I found myself forgetting to have a coffee. That never happened before. Yeah, yeah. Like, you never. I'd never get up and leave the house and have forgotten to get a coffee. Yeah, Mental. It's like putting your clothes on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if I did for whatever reason, if I didn't get a coffee into me, if the morning got away from me and I didn't get that coffee, I'd be halfway down the road. I'd remember I had a coffee and I go, "Holy fuck! I have to get to a filling station or something to 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 get that kind of a fix." Like, mm-hmm. but I, as part of getting me me diet in order, I've. Uh, I don't eat nearly as much meat as I used to, but I'm not vegetarian. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's there's something to that. You don't have to be vegetarian. You don't have to be vegan. If you can do less damage than you were previously doing yeah, to yourself good. and the environment and the people around you, fucking two thumbs up for me, like definitely. And just a willingness to change. I think to know that you're you're not the be all and end all, and that you're here to learn like it's 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 just learning on top of learning on top of learning and fucking you know not in a naive way and it's all fucking roses and fairy tales it's fucking yeah there's death and there's destruction and you know learn <laughs> and it's coming for everyone um, and again just to reiterate a point we made earlier if you're not willing to make mistakes and you're not willing to fail like see how much learning you're going to do ah big time yeah like, yeah I think we, and it's, it's it's something that I've done a good bit of. And again, I can afford to do it because I've managed somehow to have a, a successful business and things are going right. You know, health-wise, I'm good. The wife is good. The kids are good. I have a lot going for me. And I have the luxury of kind of having philosophical fucking conversations with the likes of yourself and others, and it's great. And I appreciate that a lot of people out there listening or otherwise can't do the things that I can do. I think that it's two-sided to me. On one side, I feel like I shouldn't be telling people that they should fucking do all these wonderful things or different things because I can and other people can't. And there's there's a mismatch there that I have to kind of get straight in my head. But on the other hand, it's... I have to live up to the privilege that I have. Mm, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the... 
I didn't ask for the privileges that I have, but I have, have them. them. Yes, yes. So am I going to not thrive because of some Sense. imagined debt that I have to people who don't have the same privileges that I do? Mm-hmm. Are you hitting something deep and fundamental there? I think if you've got something in you that needs to come out, if you're creative, say, and you've got some creativity that doesn't that needs to come out if it doesn't come out that 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 gift you are given will destroy you will oh, destroy doubt. you completely you'll end up resentful or well, you'll it's, end it's up... exactly like what i was saying there earlier about depression mm-hmm. like i think a lot of people who are prone to depression i think that they could be and i'd love to know the stats now i wonder if people who commit suicide are they typically more creative than or do, are, do they have a predisposition to be creative mm-hmm. and it's the not being creative part of them yeah, so kind of yeah, so they created this, a hell the, yeah exactly they've, they've created a hell for themselves mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. Like the, the, it, there's something to that I'm getting back to what I was saying earlier there's something to that the idea that you have to create your own hell so mm-hmm. in order to be depressed you have to be somewhat creative Yeah. So yeah. You, it's, a, it's a weird way of, of viewing a a bad thing in a positive light maybe mm-hmm. and just to incorporate what you're saying about dreams earlier I've never kept a, a dream journal I must but I started writing poetry there um, a year or maybe two ago and it wasn't until I started writing it that I realised like, everything that I write it's always really dark mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have known that about myself and didn't know that about myself until I started writing yes and it's important to know these fucking things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. There was so much darkness in my brain. It's great that it was cathartic to get it on the page. Yeah, And yeah. it wasn't until, like, I, I wrote the first thing I ever wrote and that was there on the page and that, that was grand. And then I wrote the second thing and that was there and that was grand. Third, fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth, thirtieth. Once you have a, a body of work, for want of a better term, you can kind of view it with an overarching view you know, and it wasn't mm. until I kind of looked at the last ten things it was after writing that I actually realised, Jesus, this is all pretty fucking dark. Yeah, do you know, yeah, kind of, I wouldn't have known yeah. that about myself until I started doing it. And I'd imagine there's an, there's a crossover there with, with your dreams. You might have a dream about a, a rabbit one night, and then the next night it might be an elephant, and the next night it might be whatever. But if you write down all these things, and as you read back over them, you might realise that oh, all my dreams are filled with animals. Yes. You mightn't have caught that. You might even remember dreaming about a rabbit one day and an elephant the other day, but without them written down in front of you, mm. you can't you, you can't put an umbrella over them. Do you mm, know what I mean? Mm, mm, yeah. Animals is just a fucking thing that came up. It could be darkness, it could be sexual, it could be intellectual, it could be it could be anything. But if if there's something reoccurring in your dreams and you're not aware of it, like who, who's better off? Somebody who's aware of what is recurring in their dreams or somebody who's completely unaware yeah, of it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For if, sure. Not, if nothing else, I think analysing your dreams is a, a way of getting to know yourself. Oh, big time, big time, yeah. Definitely, definitely. What else would it be? Like, it's, it's, it's your own, your own mind speaking to you and just in the way that doesn't happen when you're in when you're alert and problem solving you're in this mechanized existence like there's 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 not a whole pile of time for that like but when you've got eight hours a night like if you if a person doesn't sleep for what's it something 60 hours or something that's you everybody 
without failure will go insane if they don't sleep for for I think it's two days or three yeah, days. It's like sensory deprivation. You just can't do it as a human being. You just can't do it. Yeah, literally drive you insane. That's how important sleep is. <laughs> like it's it's and I think sleep is just it's synonymous with dreams. Well, and look at the thing. There's certainly people that just don't dream. That's an aspect as well. So if that's that's your thing. There's there's plenty of ways of of you know stare at symbols in your waking life and you'll get you'll get a similar delve into your your unconscious or whatever you want to call it into your mind and uh, into your soul myself and i were kind of went down this road a little and i'm more than happy to to kind of go down it with you just to get your opinion of it dreams happen so there's the ego which is pork riley and fran McKeown, and we're here and we're very logical and we're very rational and then there's the unconscious, which is like, would you use unconscious and soul as synonyms or even God or spirit? Would you throw those words in? Yeah, look, I wouldn't be too, too au fait with all the, the jargon. I think a lot of times the jargon just gets in the way, like uh, deal with the, the, the nuts and bolts of the actual experience and would leave the jargon up to other people um, who want to analyze it and categorize it and everything. And look, it's useful. It's useful to have the terms of each somewhat familiar with them. But um, yeah, I think psyche is basically synonymous with spirit or soul or mind. I think it's all talking about the same thing, the totality of a human being. And we don't, we just don't know what that is. Like we don't know what the upper reaches of, well, we suppose we've, we've codified them. We call them saints. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we call them, you know, unrepentant sinners. And there's everything in between. That's sadly, generally we're a mixture of all of that we're not one or the other like fucking catch me on a bad day i'm just the most horrible person to be around and then get me on a good day and i'm a very pleasant and <laughs> nice to be around um, but it's just being aware of that like, being aware that you're not you're not one thing like you're not you're only one thing by name i'm one thing in pork is one thing it's just a name an umbrella for you know the, the weirdness of what is a human like um even at the very without getting too spiritual about it at a very biological level you're outnumbered human cells to microbe cells 10 to 1 i think so if you have a billion human cells there's 10 billion microbe cells the fuck's going on there <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating one though it's not am i right in saying a lot of those are in your gut Oh yeah, the floor, the gut floor, yeah, a lot of them. Lot. But on your skin, everything is microbes But it's, it's funny everywhere. Though, but on your skin and in your in gut, your, both of those are outside of your body. Yes, yes. Because if you swallow a steel ball, it goes in your mouth and out your anus. Oh yeah, like a, and is technically outside of your body. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so we, the human part of us, does that live on <laughs> the, side, the other? Yeah. Yeah, ashes to ashes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know, but uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> That's what I love about cunts like you and Ivy. He's fucking... I, I, go, I come to you, he's looking for answers, and all you do is give me fucking questions, he's cunts. But yeah, the microbes are interesting. I mean, like, fucking... I think very much your mood is definitely informed by your guts like and we call it a gut feeling i had i just i had a gut feeling and yeah. we all know what that means like and look you can take it as poetic or 
whatever it's it's that's not actual science or whatever but i think we all know when we say oh i got bad vibes or oh, i just had a gut feeling like it's i think we're, we're very much informed by the the micro world as much as we are the the human dna world um we see eat like shit for me anyway if i eat if i scoff a pile of chocolate which i'm fucking fond of doing if I do that, say, at 10 o'clock tonight, I'm going to wake up depressed tomorrow. No doubt about it. Like, if I eat, especially if I pig out, like, just, you know, pig out on it, the old fucking big dairy milk, whatever it is, 200 grams. If I eat all that to myself, I'm, yeah, I'm going to wake up feeling like shit tomorrow. There's no two ways about it. Um, but it's great that you can make that connection because I think most people can't. Oh, you know, kind yeah, of way, yeah. People, they don't associate what they ate the night before with how they're feeling in the morning. You wake up shit and you wake up dreading work and you're, 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 you've all these negative thought patterns about this thing that needs to be in for work or that test if you're in school or in college or whatever mm, else. Mm. But what you don't think of is, hang on a second, why am I? Why is my mind being populated with all these negative things? Yeah. What have I done in the last 24, 48 hours that may have caused this because I wasn't like this yesterday <laughs> yeah. and look you could be maybe seeing cause and effect where there is no cause or effect and linking one and one together and getting five but I mean if it's giving you meaning and purpose or giving you tools to kind of better yourself like go I'll take the placebo or do you know what I mean it's it's, it's hard to know sometimes you might be seeing things that aren't there um but it's funny on that not knowing what, what things do you know I would have drank fucking way too much for a long time and you don't realise a hangover is alcohol withdrawals let's say the, I think the Irish thing is I heard it all get another one into you and you're the fine cure. Yeah, the cure yeah yeah it's like no 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 your, your body's trying to de- oh, hold on more jargon detox very very <laughs> vegan lingo for you folks um, yeah your body's detoxing from it like and just yeah it's it's easier to go and have another fucking five beers but like you're gonna pay for that in the long run be it through broken down relationships broken down liver kidneys or you know the internal relationship of you and your organs and your microbes again it's not micro macro if your inner world is all out of whack can't expect your your outer world to be any different like i love it it's something i've heard you say before actually there's no there's no difference between the outer world and the inner world it's all the one all the one all the one the macro and the micro are the same thing you are even at a scientific level you're a carbon-based life form like the stars you know what i mean you're the same you're made of stardust people (laughs) like it's 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 no you can't take it for granted you can't take it as just as a formality like it's it's super intriguing and that's not just the rose tinted glasses that's yeah there's wars there's famines there's human strife and suffering and yes we're all gonna die in the end but like there's this in between part do you know what I mean I think even when Irish people were struggling for hundreds and hundreds of years you know there's still laughs and having the crack do you know no, what I mean doubt, it's, yeah. it's I love that um I think it's Oscar Wilde. We're all we're all living in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. I know that could sound a bit arrogant, but like I mean, if you're not looking up, where where are you looking? Like if you're not looking for brighter horizons, you know you can go one way or the other. You decide. 
Yeah, no, look, without a doubt, and I know I kind of harp on a lot about um, doing personal work and doing work, you know, on yourself and, and all the rest of it. But that doesn't mean that you can't be involved in what's going on around you. And oh, if, yeah. you if you if you're not happy with the with the current paradigm of Fianna Fáil versus Fine Gael or whatever it is in your constituency, you know you can vote independent or you, you can educate yourself as to you know what the difference between Fianna Fáil is and Fine Gael and know the difference between conservatism and liberalism and libertarianism and all the other isms that are out there. <laughs> educate yourself and you can do right by your fellow man at the same time that you're working on yourself yeah uh, self-work you'll be doing that to the grave if you know what self-work is mm, mm, no no sooner have you kind of sorted something that something else will kind of crop up and needs your attention yeah so that's not to say that all the all the differences between people worldwide are to be ignored in a kind of way like there are there are evils in the world that should be pushed back against but until you've done at least some work on yourself and got some sort of a grounding you're really no addition to anybody else big time big time yeah I think if if you don't have that bit of self-awareness you're looking at everything as the other do you know what I mean the Nazis were the other the communists were the other uh, hold on a minute if you're born in communist russia or communist china or nazi germany you're you know you're, you're a product of your environment to a large extent so i know if i was born in nazi germany i'd be a pretty good nazi like um that's just how it is to think, to think otherwise is that unless you're going to be the one in a million exception who did go against the grain um but again, obviously, we all can't be the one in a million no, exceptions. No, for sure. And maybe there's a part of us that would be, but like, it's what's the, the majority of you saying? Like, um, it's funny. I, I've thought of something recently um, in relation to this. So the, the idea is, if you were born in Nazi Germany, you would have grown up a Nazi, and you could just as easily have ended up uh, a camp guard in Auschwitz mm, mm. and be what most people would consider these days, but these today's standards as you know, inhumane or just evil epitomised. And I can see how people would struggle with seeing that in themselves. Mm, mm. But you have to remember that these guards, for the most part, and Nazis generally, they were able to treat Jews so poorly because they didn't view them as human yeah, in the same way they were human. Uh, uh, so you can't, I don't think, say you wouldn't do that and be okay with factory farming. Mm, mm, do, you, do you know that kind of way? Because, okay, you wouldn't factory farm humans, mm, mm, but you would if those if you didn't think those humans were humans. humans. This is it, this is it. Um, so you... you, you I think when people hear, you know, you'd be a Nazi if you go up in, in in Nazi Germany, you can see the knee jerk, oh God, I wouldn't. But jump back a little and see how that same person treats non-human animals by mm. just buying factory farm meat in the shop and knowing, because everyone really knows where it comes from. You might want to look at that documentary you saw a couple of years ago again because you don't want to turn yourself yeah, off that yeah, thing you like. Yeah. But there's, there, there's something to that. If, if you can treat animals that poorly, then why wouldn't you treat Jews that poorly yeah, if you yeah. view Jews as animals? Yeah, or yeah, fill in the blank. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, it's all, I think, the more aware you got to... 
the whole is in the individual, the individual is in the whole, so I think the whole totality of the universe is in you, and you're in it, so I think you, you explore yourself, like that's an endless, it's endlessly endless, we don't know the, the, the depth or width or breadth of what a human is, we don't know what the upper limits of our achievement or the lower limits of our hellish nature can do or bring us so it's i think you can't until you've kind of come to terms with your own self how do you expect to come to terms with anybody else yeah and if you if you haven't exercised your own sorry i'll step i'll pair back again if you haven't realized i was going to say if you haven't exercised your own demons but if you haven't realized that you have demons Mm -hmm. how are you going to appreciate that other people have demons (laughs) so getting to know yourself in a massive way is getting to know other people. Oh yeah. yeah I think yeah. we have that backwards. I think we try and understand other people. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then use that as a framework to examine ourselves. <laughs> where I think if you flip that, if you reverse that and did inner work and found out about yourself and then saw yourself in others, I think it's a better because you're obviously going to yeah. know more. You're going to have more intuition about your own life. Yes. And you're going yeah, to be able yes. to answer your own questions. Whereas if you're looking at other people you can't really ask all those other people why are you like that because they probably don't know themselves yeah, you know kind of way? yeah yeah definitely and it's again when the dreams are so powerful because you might be dreaming about other people uh whoever it is uh, it's all you <laughs> i mean yeah. of course how could it be any other way so i think it's a really it helps a lot greatly with that and if you can access it or just try to so it won't happen overnight you know what I mean you might only have two words right on a piece of paper the first time you do it but slowly but surely you start bringing back more and more and more Um, and it can be just really helpful way you know it's like free therapy or free you're you're being guided by some higher intelligence your own you call it your own call it God call it whatever you want but um, there's something there that's there's you know, you've got you call it evolution. You've millions of years of evolution. You know, DNA that's the there. Instincts. Mm, mm, there's, there's a wealth of wealth of wisdom and instincts that you can tap into. Like, um, I think dream dreams are a powerful route route to kind of self understanding. Um, again, again, the, the exercise. Like, I would have again, you know wouldn't have done it for a long time got quite cynical about it maybe third year in secondary school you know you're in pats and you're not fucking you know super fit you're not getting on the ga team you're not getting on the rugby team and look that's my excuses probably a b and a c and a d team if you're really interested you could you could be doing something but got quite cynical about it and just ah, it's not for me i'm a, a nerdy type or i'm a musical type so i'm not into sports that's for them meatheads over there or whatever um uh, yeah so it's been extra powerful like to do a bit of training with yourselves because it's a part of myself that I was ignoring do you know what i mean it's it's and anything you ignore it's it's not good like it's, no it's, uh, there's something to that because we i think we actively ignore things oh yeah yeah it, it's it, not passive like it's yeah very much so um but that that act of ignoring again you you're, it's it festers big and it, it could be anything it could be the dirty windows in your house it could be the pile of clothes at the end of your bed it could be the shed that's a, a mess or that drawer that's full of junk mm. or 
that bag of stuff that's in the back room that you're afraid to even open. Have you been going around my gap, bro? <laughs> but it, but isn't it funny though because the few things that I mentioned there resonated with you as they resonate with fucking everybody, everybody. I remember years ago it was fucking fascinating stuff there was some woman this is back when I listened to the radio and she was on Ray Darcy and the topic of conversation was the contents of that drawer <laughs> in your kitchen <laughs> the fucking bitch named everything that was in my drawer and you're like like, what the fuck? Like, we're either perfectly predictable or, you know, predictably irrational, actually, which is the title of uh, Dan Ariely's book. Predi- yes. Predictably irrational. And that's, nah, like, that's we, us. We, we, that's us. That's us in a nutshell. Predictably irrational. It sounds like an oxymoron, but there's so much of, it's like that dualistic thing again as well. Yeah, you're completely predictable biological robot. And you're not like you're just oh, absolutely, this yeah. irrational spiritual being that's just will do everything the opposite way just to fucking be a contrarian, like um just you know, just so so someone can't predict your behaviour. Like yeah, just, yeah. You, you go out of your way just to you know, just so you can't be predicted. Um, there's an element of not being predictable that I like about myself. I have to I'll, I'll admit that there's I liked being, I liked doing, I liked working in account management and aircom mm. in the suit and tie and being all very proper in a big fucking stainless steel and glass seven story building and all the rest of it. Um, I like having that and then going and training for an MMA fight in the evening. Yeah, yeah cage you know fighting on Saturday. Ex- yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, because suit the, and ties on the Monday. The people at work just don't see that side of you in the least. Yeah, and especially yeah. like there's people that I've worked with who would be just aghast if they heard any of my conversations. Yeah, just, yeah. I don't remember him swearing that much. Is he talking about drugs? Yeah, He's talking yeah. about God? Yeah, All yeah. these things. But there's something I like that about myself that I'm not predictable. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think people find comfort in being predictable. Yeah, so yeah. They, they identify with the fighter in them or they identify with the vegan in them and they don't live their own lives. They live according to the ideology uh, of veganism yeah, or the ideology yeah. of whatever it is. Oh, there's no individual there anymore. Like you look at any kind of totalitarian regime or whatever, even kind of less dreadful ideologies. Like I, I could say for sure why I basically stopped being a vegan was I felt like veganism was the all powerful, all knowing god nearly it was just dictating everything i do everything i'd say completely fanatic about it and i'm not this isn't a fucking dig of vegans or anything it's just where i was at um but you could predict everything i could say if you were versed in kind of in the vegan mantra or whatever it is exactly you could you'd know every second word that was going to come out of my mouth and I, i love the idea um that what you're fanatic about you're fundamentally unsure of um, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. This is the way it is. No, 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 no. This is the way it is. Yeah. Just reconfirming that that dogmatic belief, and you're not willing to examine it because if you examine it, you might find fault with it, and if you find fault with it, your world collapses. Yeah, big time. Yeah, just, there's no you. There's just the ideology. Like, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a quote that's coming to mind, and um. 
Gita, uh, Indian spiritual text, but um, just talking about religion and philosophy and uh, to say that religion without philosophy is, sorry to get it the right way around, um, philosophy without religion is merely mental speculation. So do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, Monty Python had a great sketch on it. There's a bunch of lads philosophizing about a football match there's nothing happening in the football match because you're all just sitting around talking about how maybe we should kick the ball maybe we shouldn't <laughs> kick the ball you know it's minus crack but uh so yeah that's you know philosophy without the religion it's just all up in the mind there's no action and then religion without the philosophy is just fanaticism yes it's just, there is no introspection there's no there's just this dogmatic worldview and that's that you're just you're fanatic about it and um yeah you you, you haven't examined it at all um it's easier is that I, why is that why people gravitate to it yeah i think so and look at i think there's a there's a lot of power in a shared narrative and maybe even just again being believe in something irrational i think there's great great power in that like we call it placebo we know that this thing is real um what did you tell me for an intravenous placebo is more effective than a tablet placebo like what and an expensive placebo is more beneficial than an inexpensive just amazing stuff like so i think there is there's power in kind of just believing something irrational even if you know it to be wrong Mm -hmm. just just power in believing that 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 it's there's something at least that there's something in it like i think even if you don't believe in god i think it's a nonsense notion start middle and end just act as if there is for a while and see see how things change or don't change or, or whatever. Just sit with the idea for a while. Don't fight it. Don't oh primitive lunacy or whatever. Um just just sit with the idea and see see what comes. It's it's funny, you reminded me of a younger militant atheist version of myself. And if somebody had asked me then to, you know, pretend you believe in God. Oh fuck yourself. It it would have been met with something like that. But I, I think Again, with the, with the benefit of having lived the years since, I think what was stopping me, what would have stopped me from doing that if somebody had put that proposition to me, I think a part of me would have been afraid I would have gotten benefit out of it, mm. which would mean that there was some utility to it, yeah, which yeah. would mean that all my dogmatic, militant atheism wasn't, you know, 100% right and Proper, you know, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah. Like when you, when you, when you kind of challenge your own. Like it's important to challenge your own beliefs, and if because if if you don't, what am I even trying to say here? If you if you don't if you're not re, if you if you're not constantly reevaluating your own thoughts and your own actions and your own beliefs, there's no growth. And if there's no growth, you just you stagnate. And I don't know where because our environments are perpetually shifting around us with you know social media this big new big thing that nobody really knows what to do with the the food that we eat is you know nobody knows what fucking food actually is anymore (laughs) you know if if you're not constantly reevaluating these things you just you, you slide into those um into conformity really don't you if you're not like constantly kind of questioning your own beliefs is 
the antithesis to conformity, isn't it? Like conformity is just yeah. take it as it is, yeah. play on, follow the crowd, follow yeah. the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> but there's another. There's a great saying. I don't know where it stems from. Uh, Only dead fish swim with the stream. <laughs> Thought that was really good. <laughs> there's something to that, like you yeah, know, yeah, people yeah. who've kind of given up, just <laughs> meander on through life and just get bounced around with the the waves of life yeah I know there's probably a middle ground there as well you don't have to be like the salmon going upstream to reproduce like, you know there's that and then there's going with the flow and there's you know just being dead and stagnant and being tossed around by life and then there's kind of a there's a middle ground there I know there's different personalities as well do you know what I mean there's just there's that many different there's many different ways to skin a rabbit sorry all the vegans um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there's. I love the idea. There's a billion different paths to God, like um, or to the devil. <laughs> you, you decide. Um, yeah, it's funny because I would have written off any word of God or devils. I would have just completely written off. It, uh, just the, you know, the younger, pretty much. Yeah, like how, how could you believe in such nonsense? And worse again, how could you teach this fucking horrible nonsense to innocent children, giving them a hell to be afraid of and a heaven to strive for? Like, mm. but. There's obviously something in that because yeah. we should be striving for maybe not heaven, but striving for a better version of what we have now mm, and striving mm. to get away from the bad things that we have now. Yeah, big time. When we ignore it, like then it will manifest as the, the the Nazi dream or the, the the communist dream. Do you know what I mean? There's a, a a secular version of heaven that could be fucking seriously destructive. Actually, in reality, it turns out to be hell. Like so, I think keep the metaphysics metaphysical to, to some degree do you know what I mean um, yeah, it's, it's fun and I think for the modern mindset you nearly need to psychologise some of the old mythologies because we're just too cynical and rational and intelligent maybe to yeah, Adam and Eve just doesn't cut it anymore yeah yeah come on we have fucking modern microbiology <laughs> we, can, we can test DNA sequences going back who knows how long but um yeah yeah I think you can you can be guilty then of over psychologizing or you can be guilty of over psychologizing um you know what are mythical texts or religious texts sometimes just, just take it for what it is and run with it like just call it imagination if you want call it psyche or mind or spirit or soul I think it's all it's all pointing in the one direction you're you're more than just a meat machine like um way more way more um speaking of the the meat machine that we we're way more than it but we are it big time yeah you, know? yeah, you can't ignore that either exactly like, yeah. yeah the way we what we do with our meat vehicle is very important i think and we've already touched on a couple of topics so we've kind of touched on diet mm. which is literally fueling the the meat, the meat vehicle mm -hmm. we've taught uh, or we've spoke about education which is a, a a different type of fuel it's more a a mental fuel say mm. um we've talked about the barefoot walking around barefoot which again is it helps keep your posture upright which mm. helps regulate your um your dopamine your serotonin or whichever one of those is, is relevant we've there's one thing we haven't touched on that came to mind that i know you've an interest in breathing oh yeah, yeah. and we're sorry yeah. we, i love we did, breathing we did, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but we did training as well. So we've done kind of movement, exercise, and exercise. Kinda, yeah. We've done food and diet. We've done uh, you know inward work and outward work. But breathing is something that again I've gotten into very recently. But it's just when you think that the best way of looking at it for me, I think is if you view all the books and all the documentaries and all the movies and everything else that are based around the industries that are based around diet, mm. what we put in our into our stomachs there's hundreds of thousands of each one of those yeah, yeah, yeah. and how many is there on breathing yeah 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 again you look at the i suppose maybe the hindus seem to be great for all this sort of stuff um uh, just yoga and everything else whereas well, western we've got like calisthenics and just general exercising and jogging and uh, our, our kind of take on it but um yeah i think uh etymologically speaking the breath and spirit are basically the same word like they're synonymous with one another um yeah your your last breath the death rattle is your spirit leaving your body basically exactly exactly um and i think it's the old animistic interpretation of the world um where we were the center of everything it's your breath is kind of what's animating you um do you know there's there's wisdom in that but uh i love a friend of mine said uh, um i was kind of giving him the breeding sales pitch there he's like i oh, yeah, don't make sense he's germany very kind of rational and hysteric. <laughs> i'm shocked <laughs> <laughs> just a stereotype on top of a stereotype i love the man um he was saying, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Like, you can go at all the days and figures in his head. Um, machine man. Um, he was talking, yeah, you can go whatever it is, 30 days without food. You can go whatever amount of days without water. You can't go much longer than, like, three minutes without breathing. Yeah. Like, That's how vital it is to your 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 meat machine. Um so yeah, I think if you if you learn different practices, there's there's endless amounts of different kind of techniques. But uh, yeah, the breath is just seriously powerful. I've had some wacky experiences with the. You've 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 done a bit of is a holotropic breath work? Is that what it's called? Or? Uh, I've done a little bit of that, not so much. Um, oh, sorry, what, sorry to cut across you, but what what were you doing when you've had, you're, you're saying you've had experience, experience a yeah. lot of Wim Hof stuff okay. um, which is kind of it's basically hyperventilating um Hyperventilating being taking in more oxygen than you need, say? Is that what hyperventilation is? God, I, don't, I don't even know the definition. I think it's funny. I think you're actually kind of fucking... Um, I think you're nearly starving yourself of oxygen, which seems strange because you're breathing really heavy and deeply. Um, but I think especially with the holotropic Stan Groff stuff, it's, uh, it's very much a kind of your... When you keep breathing rhythmically so <gasps> you do that for a half an hour it's very much i think it brings on a near-death experience Fuck. that's the whole idea yeah um and i think it could be you know it's wrapped up with you know your brain being starved of oxygen so some people would kind of preach caution around it um i think people have been doing it successfully for a long time so yeah, just go to the right practitioner follow the right courses on youtube and i'm sure you'll be safe enough doing it um like anything proceed with caution exactly exactly but uh, i think the, the wim hof seems a lot less uh i suppose there's less danger with it maybe um 
jazz powerful it's just a movie like i do a lot on youtube whatever uh wim hof for beginners that kind of thing it's a 10 11 minute video and it's just three rounds of kind of deep heavy breathing and you're holding your breath then in between rounds for as long as you like really there's it's not a competition do you know what i mean for it's funny when i started doing it first or maybe and again it's not about the numbers but the start would be retaining without breathing so you've nowhere in your lungs you've exhaled after doing a round of really fast breathing maybe 30 40 fast <gasps> that kind of crack and um, filling your lungs up and letting it all out um and then you're holding your breath after exhaling for as long as you like basically but just at the start it'd be 40 seconds be, oh, i need to breathe and then a week later it's you know, it's a minute 10 seconds two minutes three minutes like, fuck i don't know i could live for more than like three minutes without having taken a breath like that's with nowhere in your lungs and that's all interesting stuff but um yeah i've had moments where you're you're in the middle of it and then you just lose all sense of self like you're just it's like the onset of dmt or something you're just out of this world like it's it's and are, you, are you falling unconscious <laughs> um i don't know i don't know you could you could very well be it's probably like starving your brain of oxygen or something along them lines but like a, like with a rear naked choke in in jiu-jitsu say you're, you're closing off your carotid arteries you're knocking the supply of oxygen to your brain and if it's in deep enough two or three seconds later away with you but Blackout. I've never I've I've come close to blacking out I've had my vision close in around me but I've never gone out in a in a, a martial art context but I've never heard other people who have because it's it happens to people all the time especially mm. in competition people are choked unconscious just as a matter of course they've rarely come back with the near death experience or yeah, even anything yeah. anything like a psychedelic experience so i think it's different it's not it's not like a black and out buzz and i don't know i don't know the differentiation but um i can only speak to my own experience and it's it's very much kaleidoscopic the heavens the gates of heaven are opening up and you're getting sucked up there whether you like it or not and uh, it's funny though cause with the breeding it's all very much an issue it's not like a psychedelic where it doesn't matter if you don't want to go there you're getting dragged head over heels one way or the other when you consume a psychedelic yes yeah, yeah the breeding it's very much you know you stop doing it and you, you feel grand and um you go with it and it'll just go deeper and deeper and deeper but it's that's what I really like about the brat work I advise anybody that's thinking about doing psychedelics try Wim Hof for a month before you do any psychedelic and see how you get on with that at least just get you ready for that fucking lift off that blast into different realm different consciousness whatever you want to call it um Jeff had some really powerful experiences with brat work, really, really up there with, you know, some of the most potent psychedelics I've taken, for sure. Um, and again, it's not really about that. Like, it's it's more the... Yeah, you're not you're not looking for a, a mad buzz. No, no, that's not, the, that's, not the, 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 that's not my value hierarchy. I mean, the, the value I get from it is I feel like a... I'm a better person. I think Ali would be a better judge of it. Like, but she, I'm sure she'd say, like, I'm a different person if I've done my Wim Hof in the morning than if I haven't done. And that for me, it's how I am with other people is what's important. It's not these amazing experiences that I might have, and it's not all the time I'd have them. Do you know, I go 
do it for a month and it might happen once it might not happen at all so again it's, it's not, not the goals there for not sure for sure no the, the value i get from it is just how i am day to day moment to moment really it's like it's like condensing all the stress of a day into a 10 minute session and just breathing it all out of you and you're just you're just a different person after it like i'm sure a hard run or hard workout it's going to do something similar but uh both of those things massively affect your breathing though yes exactly so how much of exercise how much of the benefit of exercise is down to just you going (gasps) (gasps) do you know what i kind of way exactly you don't need to be uber fit to sit down and breathe <laughs> this is it do you know what I mean you could be a paraplegic and you can do you know what I mean it's here, here am I with my two feet privilege you know what I mean um, but anybody anybody can do a bit of breathing work I think but, do you know unless you're fucking you're on a ventilator sorry, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean uh, let's all recognise our lung privilege while we're at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be busy. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I think that the breeding is super interesting. Super it, interesting. It's, it's mad, though, isn't it? The subjects as fundamentally important for body, mind, and spirit, and all three combined eating, moving, breathing yeah, sleeping sleep sleeping <laughs> yeah, yeah you know did it, not do in a lot of the times they're, they're often viewed as kind of new agey and faddy yeah, and yeah, weird yeah, yeah. but like fucking, fucking hell like do you know what i mean if you're not going to take what you consume through your lungs and through your skin and through your stomach and in your ears and your eyes you know if you, all that's all you're, you're feeding something yeah you know, kind of way you're, sure. you're feeding the, the self which is i suppose all of those things kind of combined yeah yeah and I think that there's something to that idea of you know rubbish in rubbish out yeah 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 for sure but uh so look we've covered pretty much Everton Pudge it's <laughs> three and a half hours and I don't know about you but I have to go to work fuck. <laughs> listen man it's been an absolute pleasure having you on I have no doubt have you back on again I'm interested in possibly putting yourself and Mr. McQuillan together and oh, I'll yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'll basically, I'll, I'm hoping to kind of just sit back. Shoot the shit, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not a fan of three way conversations. I don't think that works. There's a couple of things that I'm not really all that willing to do over the phone conversations or over the Skype as uh, one. Yeah. Having more than two people is another, but the exception on that is if I was like the adjudicator. Okay, so I'll yeah, basically yeah. say, and we're live. Uh, Porik, you were just about to tell Ivor about this thing. And that's me basically done unless I feel the need to interject. To get yeah, yeah. To, well up for that. Yeah, yeah, so great sorry crack. to put you on the spot there yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ivor, if you're listening. Um, we love you. We love you dearly. Listen, brother, it's been an absolute pleasure coming on. Thanks a million for talking to no, me boy, and serious, my many hundreds of thousands of listeners all over the globe. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good luck. <laughs>